What's up, dude? Say hi. We have a guest on the show, don't we? It's our first guest. Our first guest ever. Yeah. Do you want to say hi? Say hi. <laughs> okay. It's close enough. <laughs> we are going to have a guest on this show. It is the J-Man's young son. Darn right. That's right. right. That's 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 my oldest. Very, very proud papa over here. This right. is the Double Turn Podcast with the J-Man and Boss Ross. Of course, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Breaker, and I've been told also a place called Pocket Casts. I'm telling you, man, there's so many different places to get podcasts from. It's unbelievable. Apparently, we're going global. We're going global, except on Apple Podcasts. Apple, holler at your boy. What's going on, man? It, it happens. Get us on there. So this is, again, another installment of the Double Turn Podcast. We have Raw. We have SmackDown. We have 205 Live. We have NXT. We do have a full preview and prediction section for the extravaganza known as Super Showdown, which in I was Melbourne. calling. Yes, in Melbourne. Australia. Darn right. I was calling it Superstar Showdown for at least three weeks until I was corrected by the man sitting across from me. It is Super Showdown from Melbourne. Lots of the programming this week was, of course, surrounding that. Uh, so, of course, we will be going over the shows. I am going to have what I will call my Minute of Impact tonight. I did say I was going to talk Impact, but because we have a jam-packed show... I'm going to leave it to a minute because I have a very quick point to talk about it, so I will be doing that. You know when's it going to be a great time to go ahead and talk about a moment of impact, if you will? Probably right around the holidays. Because that's when typically WWE programming kind of slows down just a tad bit and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it'll give us the opportunity to really dive into more of the outer realm of professional wrestling. Which, by the way, huge news in professional wrestling this week. From Dragon Gate. Yes, and we will have that news coming up in this program. I also want to tell you that our rant section will be by yours truly this week. So J-Man has taken that post up. I've actually let him open shows with those. I'm hoping to squeeze it in at some point. However, because it is not a time-sensitive subject, if we do not get to it this week, I will make sure to do it next week again as I say every week, we have a lot to get to. Always so, got a lot to before get to. we dive into the week's worth of shows of WWE programming known as Raw SmackDown 205 Live. Oh, also, there's Mixed Match Challenge. I forgot because it was so forgettable this week. Uh, so, we have all that to get to. But yes, we do essentially have breaking news. It's not breaking news from this from this podcast, but it is big news in the world of wrestling. Uh, I will let you say it because you did tease it up very nicely. Thank you. Uh, as to a member, a former member of the WWE roster showing up at Dragon Gate. Neville showed up at Dragon Gate. Unbelievable. And I believe he's going by a new name now. It is Pac, I believe is his new name that he is using. His wait, new wait. alias. Uh, as an X-Pac, but without the X. But will he have Pac Heat? You know who did have Pac Heat? We'll get to it. KO and Elias. We'll get to that in a second, I think. Oh, yes. Nuclear. That was, nuclear Heat. Right, that, Andres? That was, that was actually an extremely cool, organic moment. It sure was very entertaining. And it just shows how over those two are. And it's really sad that they're going to get lit up in Melbourne. So you're saying it's P-A-C, Pac. P-A-C, Pac. Okay. Right, Andres? Yep. Yes. There it is. It's our 
it's our it's our other host for the evening. For that sure. would be the J Man's son. Uh, joining us pretty much throughout the uh, first part of this podcast. So, as long as he wants to join us, so, unless so, says his So Adrian Neville, or Neville, or the man Gravity forgot, or the man that wore a purple cape, or the man that completely transformed the cruiserweight division and helped 205 Live get to where it is now. The real king of the cruiserweights. The real king of the cruiserweights. So, so, so he showed up in Dragon Gate. Do you have any news as to if this is a one-off? If he no, just showed up, if, if he I'm signed not mistaken, with Dragon he, he has broken his year-long absence and he has returned. I believe he has signed full-time with them. Let me go ahead and just verify that entirely. I don't have any... Um, I don't have any details as to whether or not it's a multiple-year contract okay. or... However, if you thought Cody Rhodes was a big free agent... I love Cody. We both love Cody. Mm -hmm. Neville is a bunch. It was much bigger. See, I'm actually surprised that he signed with a company like Dragon Gate. See, I'm actually surprised he did not sign with New Japan or Ring of Honor, which which basically have 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 an actual partnership. Right. Um. With the with the amount of, well, I mean, basically his stock was never higher when he left. Agreed. Um, so I don't know if there was a a no compete when he left. Well, he was. Um, listen, this is his, this is a year. I know, it's but it's been a year since I, he since he stopped showing up on WWE program. I know, but remember, and and I reference this because it's the best example I can do. When when Brock Lesnar first left, he couldn't compete for anybody for like a year. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I was going to say between, it was three to 12 months somewhere around there, and then he showed up at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then that's when he officially got into the whole UFC mixed martial arts, and that's where he uh, went from there. Uh, well, he, he, he sort of, yeah. Because he tried out for the Vikings first. Oh, uh, yes. And failed there as well. Failed yes. there, obviously. And then he found his true calling. Come down, dude. Sorry. He's Everyone, excited. He is very pumped up. He loves being the first guest on our podcast, and we are honored to have you here, dude. But um, from what I understand, ah, hold on. He showed up as Pac. He's got, um, it, it was a big moment, big markout moment for everybody involved. And um, listen, if Dragon Gate wants to go ahead and get in the mix of being one of the better wrestling promotions mm-hmm. in all of professional wrestling, they want to be on the le- at least the level of Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Getting a guy like Neville is a fantastic way of doing so. Well, again, we'll see how the partnership works out. Um, I think this is a way to get Neville back on the scene. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a great long-term move for him. Hopefully, this gets him into a better promotion. I think this he's is, got, yeah. This is one of those situations where, like, you're unemployed, so you take a job to set you up because you want to find another job, and it's always easier to find a job when you have a job. True, but, like, I'll put it to you this way. There was a lot of rumblings. My dude, what are you doing? He loves that computer. He sure what does. But he's like clicking all over the place. If he he had he I, at least we thought he was going to show up at all in. At least I did, and it would have been a mark out moment had he shown up in Chicago. You you tend to wonder why would you not want to sign with Ring of Honor and with J- New Japan? Pro could Wrestling? be a money thing. Could be a could money be, thing. Maybe he's asking too much. Could be could be an availability high, or a dates thing. It could be a thing where you know he wants to work around different. I mean, remember. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Cody, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was, he was showing up at Impact, he was showing up at Ring of Honor, he was showing up at New Japan. He's he showing up at Wall Culture? Yes, he was. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he was showing up at a lot of different places Mm -hmm. and did a lot of different work. So, you know, I mean, Neville, Neville, look, if we, if we want to give credit to guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk for paving the way for a different type of wrestler to really get into the business, you also have to give Cody credit for paving a different way through the minefield known as the professional wrestling business that does Correct. not involve world wrestling entertainment. Absolutely, because he he basically took what CM Punk and took what Daniel Bryan did, but did it on the indie side. And so he is basically making WD, excuse me, WWE money Outside of WWE, which is unheard of. I felt like you had WD-40 on the mind for some weird reason. Uh, you know, with what he's doing, yeah, I might as well. <laughs> Maybe your computer will need WD-40 after this. I, I, it might. It might. I suggest not because I'm pretty sure it's going to ruin it. It's probably going to do saying. that. But regardless, Neville showing up at Dragon Gate, it's big. It, it is. It put, it, I hadn't heard of Dragon Gate up until Tuesday. That's really? how big, Yeah, okay. that's how big to me... Neville's showing up is. I mean, they have been around for a while and they have they seen have, some pretty I, you know good what? talent I've, I've heard there. of it to a very tiny... Like, it sounds familiar, mm-hmm. but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the guys that are currently making it big today have shown up there. But it's to the point where I, it, it was so small and now I know about it because of Neville showing up. And, and that's no, Neville having that impact on this company can only work wonders for them. Good luck trying to follow Dragon Gate, though. They're not exactly the most accessible promotion Which, to again, watch. then it makes you wonder again, like, Neville, you are one of the top wrestlers on the planet. You are a huge signing. Why wouldn't you go somewhere where people are going to be able to see you easier, well, such as Ring of Honor, such as Impact, well, such as NJPW? Perhaps, perhaps his stock has dropped. I mean, he was gone for a year. For a year. For a year, which mm-hmm. makes you, I mean... Time flies. And listen, it does Enzo, not feel like it's been a year. It does not. Enzo, Enzo's no complete clause. No, excuse me, no compete clause. Only lasted for three months. And same thing with Cass. Cass is actually already wrestling, and he left WWE in June. Yes. Um. But remember, Co- Cody, Neville Cody just also quit. Neville just flat out quit. You're right. Yeah. He didn't get let go. You're absolutely correct. correct. So there There's is a, a big difference. It, it's the whole. It's the whole thing when you leave a job and you quit, rather than you being fired. Right. I mean, for for different aspects of jobs, a lot of places it looks better if you quit, or it looks actually there are some jobs it looks better if you got fired. I know that sounds weird, but apparently if you get fired from WWE, you just have like a no compete clause. But if you quit, you're like in a barren wasteland, right? Because you quit on them, so it looks worse for you because you're leaving WWE. Um, so we'll see. Um, it is it is nice to see him pop back up. It's on great the scene. for professional wrestling as a whole. To have a talent like that back uh, on the scene. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, so with that, I actually want to transition into this week of programming. For sure. Uh, which, again, surrounded... I mean, this, this these were go-home shows this week. It, it sure didn't feel like it. It did. sure didn't feel like a go-home show for a pay-per-view. It sure didn't. And now, the pay-per-view that is only on the WWE Network, that being Super Showdown from Melbourne, Australia, in which we will go over that card with a full preview and predictions. This week, though, I gotta tell you, these shows felt very inconsequential for the most part. There were segments of them that did not, but the whole show as an entire, on both ends, did. I, I mean, I, I mean, look... 
I mean, look, Raw is mm. Raw when it's actually involved with the the same issues that Raw has had, it still has. Right. However, when certain people are on that show, it's better. Agreed. So when you have The Shield and Braun Strowman and Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre on my television on Monday Night Raw. It makes it automatically better. Yes. Yes. When you have the Universal title, even though their match at Super Showdown does not involve the Universal title, it does not involve the Intercontinental Championship, it does not involve the Raw Tag Team Championships because of the prestige that all six of these men are bringing to the table, all of a sudden it just makes you realize now this is big now b- there is a very good reason why none of those are on the show right because none of them are being defended at the show because those six are in a six-man tag correct which essentially this has been building up to i thought they would do it on a raw but they but they were obviously saving this match for the actual uh for this actual pay-per-view and so I'm sorry, guys. I'm blown away at the my, at the fact my son just said no to milk. Like <laughs> that's a big deal, man. He, uh, <laughs> he 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 really loves playing on your computer. He's enjoying it. He's actually turned. He's closed my tabs like on four separate occasions now. You're gonna it, you're gonna have to bring those back up. I'm, I'm going to, man. Like Andres, I know you want to be the producer of the show tonight, Baba, but you're gonna have to go ahead and give Daddy a break here and let him do his thing. So so raw this week. Last week they teased starting a deal a, a Dean Ambrose heel turn. Correct. Which I know you want to jump into the fact that they're making it too obvious. Yes. And so we may have an instance where because it's too obvious, they're not going to do it. Which which is which is fair. Which is fair, but then it would just ruin it all because you know for a fact he needs to at some point. So, he needs to. Not Rollins or Reigns. He does. So I was very pleased. With how Raw started this week. It was really interesting. It started with a match. Yep. It started with Dean Ambrose. Now, I realize that the he match really... spoke for really, like 10 minutes. Okay, here's the thing though. I understand that the match really never happened. And it was just kind of a setup for later in the night for the rest of those feuds that were happening. Because essentially what they've been doing is they've been interchanging the matches amongst those six guys. Basically. Essentially, that's what they've been doing. With or, the exception of Roman and Braun, because they're not giving that to us on until, free TV because of the fact that they're involved in the triple threat yes. in Crown, at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. In so, um, I am looking forward to when they put Drew and Roman in a singles match. That will be exciting. By the way, can I just go out on a limb and say, I understand it was the shortest match of the three. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Braun versus Dean Ambrose. Oh, it really actually never even got started. But I'm not going to lie to you. The the tidbits that we saw, there was some chemistry, some strong chemistry between those two. Or am I, is it just me? You know what's funny is, and I know Dean gets a lot of flack yeah. for his... Wrestling style? Is it... Did he wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? He did. WrestleMania 32. Okay. okay. For some reason, Roadblock is in my head, and I remember that... He, he wrestled match, Triple H. That in a match roadblock. was, I mean, at least to me, it was a great match. Well, I think you have your kind of. Well, that was also one of those. Well, this is a go-between match because we all know Roman's just going to beat Triple H. Correct. Belt. Which so it was like, well, I, I, I can't believe you know. You have you have an issue of looking at a match where it's just 
you know it's too predictable. Yes. Yes. And you don't like that. I don't blame you. So when you have an idea of, look, I've always said that Dean can work with, 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 with a lot of different people. Yes, he can. And I actually think his style works better. I know this is going to be a bold statement. It's going to work better with bigger guys. Well, him and Luke Harper had some awesome matches. I mean, I wish that they would give Dean and Roman an actual match that's not nine minutes on a pay-per-view for a title. We still have yet to see them go 15 minutes plus, And I know for a fact that that match is going to be five between those two. Yes. So, I actually think Dean working with bigger guys, it works because he's more of the ground and pound. Because we're so used to the high-flying guys trying to work with the bigger guys. I mean, right. we've seen... Ray Mysterio, and we've seen all these other guys that are high flying guys that Seth can Rollins. work with big guys. Seth Rollins can work with bigger guys. Yes, he can. Okay, but the problem is that for for Dean's case, I actually think he works pretty well with the bigger guys. Yeah, because of his wrestling style. Yeah, does he do some quote unquote high flying? Sure, but I mean, it's just really an elbow drop that he's doing in his topa suicidas. That's it. Everything right. else is ground and pound. Everything else is. Not a boring style. It's not a boring style. It's a very interesting style, but it's not your typical high flyer. And you no, have to remember, I mean, and he's, he's not a high flyer. To, he's not a high flyer. And what people realize don't realize is they see Dean Ambrose next to Roman Reigns. They automatically think that Roman is the bigger guy because Roman is bulkier. Mm. People don't realize that Dean Ambrose is the tallest member of the Shield. Yeah. By the way, he's for the, any of you that are wondering what that computer sound is in the background, that would be his son again. <laughs> Just letting you know the do do Yeah. There you go. That little cackle is him too. Sorry about that, guys. Today's number is two. That would be the count, everybody. Sesame Street all day. Love it. Can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street. That is the worst singing rendition of that song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so this, of course, was teasing the fact that there is, quote-unquote, turmoil in the shield. That's, yeah. Now there's banging on a table. That's, That's good to know. Uh, so this would set up Roman and Ziggler uh, basically right after the whole uh, Dean and Braun match really not happening. It was basically the real first official match of Raw. Which, again, I'm glad that they're opening shows with either some combination of these six men, these six men cutting a promo, which then leads to a match I'm happy with. Right. Now, I don't want to say you and I have a different opinion of this match, but there is a difference of opinion on this match. That is correct. And now, granted... I would we we'd like to go ahead and start off in no way, shape, or form do I do I think that you're gonna tell me that it was a bad match. No. But you're just gonna tell me that you saw better action this week. I don't even think it was the best match on this show. So he, Okay. If you if you haven't figured it out, I thought Roman Reigns versus Dolph Ziggler was the best match of the week. Which um, I'm not saying it was a bad match. But but here's the thing. To me, the better finish was that of McIntyre and Rollins. Just because of the um, interference that Ziggler ran where it really wasn't interference because in no way, shape, or form did he touch Rollins. It just, he did a full distraction and Claymore kick connected immediately thereafter. And it was just a wicked sequence to see. However, the overall wrestling match, 
I thought that the chemistry between Ziggler and Roman was very strong. I thought that uh, Ziggler sold incredibly well for Roman Reigns. I remember you texting me that this week. You saying that yeah. Ziggler is the best seller in the company. Which is, to be honest, completely fair. That spear that he took from Roman, it was one of Roman's best looking spears ever. They, I mean, there are times where I will say Ziggler oversells. I don't think he oversold on this um, one. But, but I agree with you. Yes, he does. Shawn Michaels had that. Shawn Michaels had that tendency. He obviously did it to Hulk Hogan back in the he day. He does. He does. He does give a lot. Ziggler yes. does. He does. Yeah. So I will use this example. Um, there was a couple weeks ago where the team of Day One Glow was taking on Phenomenal Flair in the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh huh. And and I told you I was like, okay, I realize this is not part of programming. I realize it's totally separate, and they treat it totally separate. Yes, I cannot take seriously that Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso, whichever one it is, is going to pin AJ Styles in a one-on-one -on -one contest or even a tag match. I don't believe that. It's the same argument I make with you when it comes to Miz pinning certain people, such as it's, Roman Reigns. It's not now. I realize that he beat Roman Reigns for the IC title, but he did it underhandedly. Correct. As, as as great as Dolph Ziggler has been, and I hate that I have to use this as a reference, I don't buy Dolph Ziggler clean pinning the guy that beat Brock Lesnar. In six minutes, mind you. So, it's back to a credibility, it's back to a believability. I get it. It's pro wrestling. Anybody can beat anybody. That's fine, okay? Not necessarily, not all the time, and we know that. Because of the fact of, because of the psychology that goes behind it, at the end of the day... It's Ziggler beating Reigns is like Kalisto beating Strowman. Oh, let's not remind everybody of that. But it's, I mean, that's how it's, and it's... Okay, there's a difference between Kalisto beating Braun Strowman in a dumpster match and Rey Mysterio beating Kevin Nash because Kevin Nash was overconfident in WCW and Rey Mysterio just beat him. Right. There's a difference, and there's a big difference with that. So, back to where I was... Dolph the Ziggler just got turned on. Sorry about that, Ross. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> hey, this is what this is what happens when we have a live mic, and there you go. I am not satisfied. <laughs> live radio, folks. <laughs> this, this, of course, would be closer to Monday Night Raw because most of Monday Night Raw would be, as Kevin Nash would have quoted, Monday Night Contrived. Uh, so, <laughs> I know. You're um, very upset that the computer's closed now with no notes and everything. What can I tell you? So, Roman and Ziggler had a very good match. Right. You think it was match of the week. I don't. That does not mean it is not a good match. Roman won with the spear. Uh, one of his better looking spears in six. I still think... Okay, what was the one he hit where it was the running spear down the ramp? Well, he basically broke Rusev in half at SummerSlam. Okay, that down. one I think is still his best one. Um, I've got a couple of them. This one, I'm not saying it was the best, but it was one of his better looking ones in a long time. I think that the spear that he performed on AJ Styles at Extreme Rules when AJ went for the phenomenal forearm was amazing. I think that his spear to Mark Henry, any of his spears through the barricade always look awesome. Okay. Um, I think the spear that he used on uh, Rey Mysterio at Survivor Series in 2013 was mm -hmm. a strong spear. One of my personal favorite ones. I'm going on the days. I'm trying to hold on. I got to put the the thing up. It, 
Here's okay. Here's 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 what I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, and I was gonna say the spear onto Bray Wyatt through the table. Okay. Before their Hell in a Cell match, um, I, they were having a match on Monday Night Raw and it ended up in double DQ. That spear was one of the best spears he's it was possibly my favorite spear of his. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I feel like we're in. This is real. I, I feel like we're calling IT about a computer problem. And instead of it being in a foreign language, we're just getting the narrator from, from the computer. My year and a half old is, is IT tech support. This is great. I'm dying over here. So, so we hey, listen. We knew that this was going to happen at one point. I did not expect it to be as good as it is right now. So, so Roman wins. Yeah, everybody's happy. This um, does not hurt Ziggler. It doesn't. And and guess what? I'm fine with Ziggler having competitive matches. I just, you know, look, Roman Reigns is in the main event of Crown Jewel. Dolph Ziggler is the tag team champion, one half of them. The guy that's in the main event should be beating him anyway. Correct. So, right finish. Um, speaking of Super Showdown, we then had another match. This was awesome. I did like the fact that on Raw with... Really one exception where it was on purpose that they did a long promo segment. They they pretty much kept it match, 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 which yeah. is nice for Raw. For sure. Because a lot of times on Raw they'll do a match and then they won't have any wrestling for 20 and minutes. And listen, they gave Roman and, and Ziggler plenty of time. They did. They gave Ziggy, I'm sorry, uh, McIntyre and um, Rollins. Rollins a good amount of time. Well, look, when you have guys that can perform, look, I'm fine giving away long matches on Raw. If I know the two guys can go. What I have a problem with is you're giving 20... This is the problem I have with NXT. They yeah. give long matches to to these to these matches that don't need to go 20 minutes. Can the guys go? Yes. I don't need to see them have a 20-minute match on a show. I just don't. So we had Ronda Rousey and Ruby Riot. Now again, I'm glad that they had been keeping Ruby Riot away from Ronda Rousey because essentially they've been kind of protecting Ruby Riot, which she's is why, be... which is why she's going to be the breakout performer of 2019. Yes, on the women's side. Which is why, spoiler now, I'm probably going to pick her to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I will, I will, I will second you on that. I mean, I'm not saying it's a lock. But I think everybody knew Asuka was probably going to win the Women's Royal Rumble this year, mm-hmm. especially since he was still undefeated. Correct. I think that was almost a given. Um, I think Ruby Riot's in a very prime position to do that this year. I hope she does not turn into Bray Wyatt, where they just do nothing with her and then protect her and then do nothing. Although those, although the, although the one-legged pants thing is as weird as when Zack Ryder did it. That's all I'm going to say. I get it. She's edgy. She's cool. She's hip. Wear pants. That's all I'm saying. So, of course, Rousey won. She tapped out Ruby Riot. This was fine. Clearly, my match of the week was uh, Connor picking up the win on Bobby Roode. Ascension two weeks in a row, man. The Ascension. Unreal. One of your, pretty much the treasure of their fan club over here. Thank you. That's right. I thought... I thought that uh, I thought when they came out and got beat up by JBL and all those guys, it was horrible. It was terrible. It JBL, was a black moment. Okay, J, JBL beating up anybody at this point is terrible. It's a terrible thing for professional wrestling. Look, uh, so <laughs> all kidding aside, um, they also had an Alexa Bliss promo against Trish Stratus, which means she must be cleared. 
by the way. They would uh, not do a promo if she was not cleared. It's in three and a half weeks, so, I mean, assume... Uh, the, the only thing I can imagine is that they took her out of the uh, Mixed Match Challenge as a precaution. Which is fine, Which and is I'm fine. okay with that, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is they would not be running these promos for a, for a show in three weeks if, if she wasn't cleared. I clearly keep pissing him off when I, when I close Well, them. Well, I mean, really, I mean, really, you have two options. Yeah. You can either move him or move the computer. <laughs> I mean, really, that's... One second. Let's see how this works go. out. I don't think it'll work out very well. Eh, we might may not. have a th- our, our second co- our second guest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we did have another match, which I will go into because I'm going to launch off on this as well. We had the B team versus the Revival in essentially a tag team match. This was not to set up a number one contenders match. This was not to set up anything. This was essentially just a return match. Um, look, I understand that the B team might be one of the only babyface teams on Raw right now. I understand that. Um, you have, you have essentially treated the revival like they're nothing since they came up to the main roster. You had them immediately feud with the New Day, but then did nothing there. I mean, I hope the revival are not the club and the Ascension part two. Like, honestly, this is, uh, this is how frustrated I am. The Revival are easily some of the best people they have on Raw. And and they just consistently job them out to these inferior acts and these inferior things. And I don't know if there's a purpose to it. And I don't know if there's an actual purpose to what's going on. I will tell you that I was very saddened by the fact that the B team won this match. I didn't need to see the... Clean! What was that? Clearly, we are going to see Bo Dallas become a mega heel on Raw. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they tried that and it failed miserably. Clearly, we're going to see Bo Wyatt and the return of Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> Husky Harris. No, no. No, I know. It would just be Bo Wyatt. Oh, I know. Right. Hopefully, hopefully. Actually, I don't know if he can grow a beard. I mean, I, Lord knows I can't. Well, I mean, you do have the patchwork going. Would you like to know how long this has been? This I'm been Saturday. I was going to say a year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think my son's going to go ahead and grow out better. Well, he does already have better hair. That is cool. No, I'm just that saying is, that is accurate. His hair is your hair is too cool. Dude. He, he's probably looking at you, going, "Oh Lord, I'm going to get gray hair at 20." <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you, buddy. Love now you. we're playing with electronics. Again, it's good times. So we had the B team win this match. However, this did set up the AOP destroying the B team afterwards. So I'm okay with the B team winning if it means AOP came and destroyed them and not the revival. By the way, Drake Maverick dressing up as them still still worries me. It's still weird. I actually I actually prefer that he dresses in these suits that are brightly colored. Wearing black does not suit him. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he would wear a black suit and give us like an orange shirt and a black tie. That'd be Let's, fine, Look, look, the old adage is that black is supposed to be slimming. In his case, it makes him look like he's working out. <laughs> I'm just saying. He cut a little bit of a promo with AOP on Monday night. And it was basically uh, one of those, did you think we were playing kind of promos? Right. And, which, and I'm having, it's interesting. I like it. I can dig it. Um, those two need a manager. They clearly could not lock up Paul Ellering long term. That's why they just had him leave television. Right. They didn't. Basically, the re- we've mentioned that on a couple of different occasions. I kind of looked it up. I think the reason why Paul Ellering left was because Paul Ellering didn't want to travel. 
Paul right. Ellering was in NXT. He was in, in Orlando on a weekly basis. Right. You know, and being out on the road with the main roster is a little bit different. And it I is. totally get that. It is. Uh, then we had... Well, we had the match... Uh, I'm going to say it's my match of the week. I really am. Okay. Um, and that was Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Solid. I love the ending of that match. Now, here's here's the difference between the Rollins-McIntyre match and the Ziggler-Roman match. Rollins is more believable to beat a McIntyre. McIntyre is a freak athlete. Correct. Okay. Not saying that Roman's not a freak athlete, but not to the caliber of... of Seth Rollins is so good that I believe he can beat him in a wrestling match. Correct. And so when it... Really, really what it comes down to is I thought these two... I thought these two had excellent chemistry. Not saying Ziggler and Roman didn't. I just think that these two had better chemistry. Agreed. I thought that their styles were better suited for each other. And I do think that seeing these two in a match. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. It's not, such a he's game. not going to be happy unless he's doing what he's been doing. I'm well aware it's, of it's that. really. So, yeah. it's your call, Dad. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, guys. I don't get it. I get home. At a, at a certain time, and I don't see him all day. And listen, this is episode number seven. We still haven't had a guest. I know. Why not have him on the show? That's true. I, you know, he's taking over this show. And I'm only giving you a hard I'm time. I'm well aware of that. And he's just been awesome. He's a great kid. Rollins and Rollins, Rollins and McIntyre, McIntyre I, thought was, I thought was match of the week. Yep. Um, I thought their psychology was excellent. I thought their chemistry was excellent. Um, the more they work together, the better they get. Which happens in life when yes. you when you when you work with somebody long enough and you have enough of the things that, that I just mentioned. Of course, you're going to be better. Absolutely, but the, and also the fact that McIntyre won this match is very important. And I get it; it's a Raw before a pay per view in which there's going to be a six man tag. Right. If you're telling me that Drew McIntyre is slated to be a Universal Champion, he's got to. Make, you make have to have like him this. beat your top guys, former World Champions. It's, it's 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 kind of amazing when I tell you, guys get over when they beat people. No, it's true. And not only when they beat people, they beat legitimate people. Roman Reigns got over because he they even though people may not like him, WWE had him beat the right people. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns beat Randy Orton. Exactly. Roman Reigns... Andres, you don't have a choice, dude. Roman Roman Reigns beat Daniel Bryan. Roman Reigns beat The Big Show. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did he beat on, on route? Roman. Yeah. They kept him strong against everybody. Well, I mean, Roman's still strong now, you know? Uh, didn't they have Roman beat Cena? Well, yeah, in 2017. But I'm talking about en route to winning the world title in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. Roman beat Del Rio. Yes. Um, Roman beat Ziggler. Roman beat KO. Yes. You know, like... They, basically, he you basically named them in 2016, shot. he won. He won. Rough shot. It's amazing what happens when you just have... So, yeah. if you're telling me that you're going to have Mac... Now, I'm going to make a bold statement to you. Please. They should have McIntyre pin Roman in a non-title match. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm waiting for that to happen. And that's not to say that... Because some people will say, oh, 
you shouldn't have Roman be pinned unless you're going to have that guy beat him. Hey, well, let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if Drew McIntyre gets the pin on Saturday. Don't be surprised. Regardless if it's Roman, Dean, or Rollins, don't be surprised if it's if it's right. Drew McIntyre getting the pin. Let me tell you something right now. Yeah. Roman and Braun are not getting pinned. Oh, I'm well aware of that. And I think if the Braun Ziggler McIntyre team loses, mm-hmm. Ziggler's taking the fall. Yep. And I think if the Shield side loses, I'm I think thinking. Ambrose is taking the fall. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that because I actually thought you were going to say Rollins. No, no. Because um, he already because that's the now, now he already took the loss at, at uh, Ambrose himself. did. Rollins did. So Rollins got pinned by 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 Ziggler. Remember the right the incredible okay. Claymore kick yes. from the from yes. the Falcon's arrow. That's right. That's right. Move of the so, year. So that means that it's time for Ambrose. To, plus the storyline is the Ambrose is the weak link. Correct. So I may have already given away my 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 prediction, yeah, but, but if but, that's the case, mm-hmm. McIntyre's staying strong. He's he's not getting pinned. No, he's not. So that's why it's the match of the week. I thought encompassing everything I just said and everything we just discussed. Mm-hmm. That's my match of the week. There were other contenders, but for me, that was the complete package of the week. But you know what the segment of the week was? Oh I had to think about this a while. And, you know, you had a, several contenders. You had the ending of Raw, which was actually quite strong, whatever you may think of it. It was. And we'll get to that in just a moment. You know, and then we had a couple of segments on SmackDown that were really strong, including the... Uh, the, the main event segment of Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Um, and obviously you had the segment for, uh, with the match of Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin, which is much better than people gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that the segment of the night, and this is without a shot of a doubt, had to have been Kevin Owens and Elias. Oh, no doubt. It had to have been. Like, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm re-going through my brain on all four programs, and I just, it was the most organic moment that you've seen in a long time on WWE programming. Somehow, I, I, I had a feeling you were, I had a feeling you were going to pick an R-Truth segment and make it's me happy. boy, though. <laughs> What's up? We'll talk R-Truth in a second, but yes... So, um, Elias and KO have become friends, essentially. Um, I don't remember how it started, but they're just friends. Well, if you go back, you know, currently uh, KO is feuding with Bobby Lashley. Right. And prior to that, Elias had restarted his feud with Bobby Lashley. Well, Lashley debuted during an Elias segment. That is correct. So, okay, fair enough. Thank you for the recap. Of course. So, they're in Seattle. Okay. Daniel Bryan's house. Which, by the way, SmackDown was not in Seattle. They were in Portland. They were. Which was an interesting call to put Raw in Seattle and put SmackDown, the show with Daniel Bryan, in Portland. They, you know what they could have easily done, which they've done a few times Just this year? Just do both shows in Seattle? Exactly. And, I mean, then they do, did do, and then do both shows in Portland? Yeah. Well, remember... Or do, or do one... Yeah. Well, remember, they're going to... Well, I'm sorry. Part of the roster is going to Australia. Most of the roster is going to Australia. All of the roster, basically. I mean, there are a lot of matches. Point is, I'm surprised they didn't put Daniel Bryan in Seattle. That that's the whole. Now I get it. Portland. Well, there is a rivalry between Seattle and Portland. My point is that I'm just I'm just surprised that they put the Aberdeen, Washington guy at the Portland show. But I'm sure they have. And we've seen shows where Seattle like gives out their love for Daniel Bryan. I mean, who will forget the uh, the. What was it? what? Was the, what's the name of the segment called? 
Um, I don't know. Okay, it was when Cena and Randy Orton were were feuding over the World Heavyweight title and the WWE title. It was when they, the titles became the WWE. World oh, Heavyweight that was title. the segment where like everybody was in, or all the all the all the well, actually, the it championship wasn't ascension ceremony is what yes. they call it. That was that's one of the greatest segments in Raw history. Oh, Daniel Bryan. Dan- it was all Daniel Bryan, and it's John Cena. Was had- this during when Mark Henry was wearing the salmon suit? That is correct. When he raised up D. Bry's hand in Seattle, and then he went like he did the cutoff. It was it was. And it's I specify salmon because it wasn't pink. It was it not. Was, it, it was, was it was salmon it was, color. It was literally a salmon jacket. Mark Henry can rock some colors that a lot of human beings cannot. Somebody gonna get the ass kicked. Somebody <laughs> gonna get the wig split. I'm just saying. So all of pain. That was a great gimmick, by the way. It was. Um, and Randy Orton put him over three times. You just read being my mind. The, being the world champion, which, you know, he put over Mark Henry three times and he put over Gender three times. That's Hall of Fame worthy right there. It Forget is. Forget about everything else that Randy Orton did in his career. Orton did not hinder the gender. He did not. Damn That's right. WWE learned so, from Randy. So what got the heat for this segment was Elias told a Seattle joke that involved them not having a basketball team. God, people love the Supersonics. They booed Elias and KO for five straight minutes. And actually, I think some reports were saying it was closer to six. That is correct. Here's the kicker. The boos got louder. Yeah. I, 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 it was, I couldn't believe it, man. I was like, whoa, hold on. Is this actually happening right now? Like, they're really booing this? So, so... I remember, or the last time there were this many consecutive minutes of just booing or chanting. I can think of two. Okay. Uh, the night after WrestleMania when Roman beat Taker. Correct. And I don't know what the other one you're thinking of is. Cena beating The Rock. The, the, the Cena coming out to WrestleMania tw- after WrestleMania 29 when he beat The Rock for the WWE title. Oh, you mean when The Rock didn't show up to Correct. Raw? Correct. Yes. Right. Well, because he was hurt too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he tore his oblique off the bone. Well, right. I'm, yeah. But he went I, for emergency surgery. Yeah. I remember that being part of the promo of because Cena was there every week and Rock wasn't. That is correct. So. And then he did the little, maybe do a little heel turn. Right. One of his greatest lines ever. So, um, I keep giving the Elias segments props. It's because uh, they earn them. They do. And when they keep having big moments like this, it keeps the allure of the character Elias Sampson, the drifter. I understand he's just Elias, but he came in as Elias Sampson and then the drifter and then the drifter Elias. And now it's just Elias. But you know, and what, you know what my favorite part of the entire segment was the fact that KO and Elias kept on bouncing off one another in a just, it was immediate. Well, pros. Not just pros. It's not just pros though. It goes back to people having chemistry with other people. Like I can tell you this right now, John Cena and Bobby Lashley aren't going to have chemistry on Saturday. Kevin Owens and Elias have instant chemistry. Like they are believable. If they became a tag team tomorrow, I would be the happiest man on earth. Well, I hope this means that they are going to do something belt-wise with Elias in the near future. I agree. I am not saying that Elias should be the WWE champion tomorrow. I am not saying that. But if he was an IC title... What I am saying is, I do remember the IC title match he had against Rollins. And it was... It was, in your words, fire. Uh, Yeah. Listen, man. Elias, Elias has been doing something in 2018 that not a lot of people have been doing. Be entertaining. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm serious, though. 
He has improved in every capacity. You can he we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. To me, he was my what was he? My third best character in WWE right now. I think he was my He first. was your number one character. He was. he was above Braun freaking Strowman. It's true. Elias is winning the MIP in WWE for 2018. If you don't know what an MIP is, it's most improved player. You know, he's pretty good. You know, Rollins is going to be the MVP. Rollins has got Rollins has had Superstar of the Year in the bag since WrestleMania. Like, there is sure about that, brother. I am incredibly sure about that. I think there's a strong argument for it being Braun Strowman. Here's the kicker, and here's the difference. The only reason why I think it's going to be Rollins over Strowman is because Rollins has been carrying the IC title basically all year long. Had Strowman won the Universal title at Hell in a Cell, I would re- I would reverse my decision. So, let me ask you a question. Yes. How many people has... I'm sorry. Let me rephrase this so I actually sound smart when I say it. How many people have pinned Braun Strowman clean in the last calendar year? In the last calendar year? So, going from September 2017 to now? Mm-hmm. <sighs> One. That is correct. That is, and that his is name is Brock, Brock Lesnar. I get that. No, no, you're, you you couldn't be more right. But here's the thing. Not only has R- Rollins carried the IC title. Is Actually, the second I'm rank. already wrong. Roman pinned him at Elimination Chamber. You're right. He did. Was that clean, though? Yes. After like five spears, right? I was yeah. wrong. It is two. Two. Sorry. Brock Lesnar. The other two wins. guys he's in the main event with at Crown Jewel. It's two. I get that. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. Again, Rollins is on a second IC title run this year. Sure. Um, Rollins put on the best match of the night at WrestleMania. Ah, second best match of the night. I apologize. The second best match of the night at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And then in every single pay-per-view after that, including Elimination Chamber and including three weeks prior to Elimination Chamber, Rollins has been basically in the match of the night every single time. And that, that includes... The gauntlet match that he, where he beat Cena and Roman in a span of 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. That includes the triple threat match versus The Miz and Finn Balor at WrestleMania, which was, again, the second best match of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was involved in an amazing fatal four-way ladder match at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia versus The Miz, Balor, and Samoa Joe. He was involved in another very strong match with The Miz at Backlash. Probably the best match of the night. At, no, not probably. It was the best match of the night at Backlash. Then he had his match against Elias at Money in the Bank, which was a very strong match. He had his match against Ziggler in the 30-minute Iron Man match at Extreme Rules. Another strong match. Not the best match of the night that night, but probably second or third best match of the night. Fountain of information over here, by the way. Sorry about that. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just listening no, no. off. No, I, no, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I just, I just, I, this all started when I challenged you saying Rollins had uh, uh, performer of the year knocked up. I mean. Locked up, not knocked up. Locked up. If you, listen, if it's not going to be Rollins, then yes, it should be Braun Strowman. I'm just. Thinking. I'm just saying that right now he's probably going to win because he's more over with the crowd. Braun? Yeah. That's okay, that, I, that's a fair assessment because that, that's a fair criteria to use mm-hmm. when you're looking at the WWE Superstar of the Year. But you know what? We're in October and we still got two more months left, including Survivor Series as well as Cram, Crown Jewel. Right. And as and obviously we got Super Showdown on Saturday, so we've got a long way to go. But True. these two are ahead. So before I get to what ended Raw, which was the promo that involved. Triple H, HBK, and the Brothers of Destruction. Mm-hmm. 
Can we get Bailey a new finisher, please? You know what the crazy thing is? She hit Sunil Singh. Sunil Singh? Okay. With a Bailey to belly. Okay. I don't know. He's also a very tiny man. He is. I got to give him credit for taking that bump. I, I just... Look, it's a belly-to-belly suplex. It is a belly-to-belly. First of all, it's not a belly-to-belly suplex because I've always been under the impression that a belly-to-belly suplex is when you go ahead and do it overhead, not side-to-side. That's an overhead belly-to-belly. Ah, okay, because I was was under the impression that it was a belly-to-side suplex when you did it from Mm. to the side. So... But yes... She needs a new finisher. She does need a new finisher. Actually, there are plenty... By the way, just to sneak ahead, I'm glad Carmella did her submission finish this week. How clean... Of a transition was that move. It was. It was clean. And I remember when she first did it, it was not very great. She's perfected it. But she's gotten a lot better with it. And I'm glad it's kind of back in the repertoire because I have not seen it in a I while. I think the baby face turn is what made that move come would back. You, which is a really interesting thing because you would have thought that the heel turn right. would have made that move stay. Right. So it's so anyway... She needs a new finisher. She does need a new finisher. Although, if she perfects a super kick, I think that could be something strong for her. Something good for her to keep. Because she she kind of... She's got this whole female Shawn Michaels thing going on. It's really... It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah? Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Shawn Michaels Triple H. Yes. So, we had... Okay. I believe HBK started... uh, Yes. HBK closed Raw. Then, uh, let me think about this, of the order. Did Kane come out first? Basically, the challenge was let down, in, or was laid down in this scenario. Shawn Michaels said that he respects the heck out of The Undertaker. The man that retired him. The man that retired him. But he said he would pick his best friend every day of the week twice on Sunday before sure. picking anybody else. Sure. And then his next comment was, and I and this is not an exact quote, but basically saying was... What are you, Michael if, Cole over here? I'm trying. Hey, I'm... I'm hey, and Michael I Cole, quote. And I quote. But what he basically said was... Hopefully you're not Kane, undefeated at WrestleMania. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I apologize. I'm trying to think. There's nobody that's under, undefeated at WrestleMania at this point. That's not the point, though. What he said was, Kane gets in the middle of that match. Snooki, undefeated at WrestleMania. She's 1-0. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, undefeated at WrestleMania. And we thought Lawrence was, Taylor, undefeated at WrestleMania. And we thought my baby boy was getting us off track on this podcast tonight. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. But mm. he said, if Kane gets involved at any point, he would go ahead and basically give him a nice dosage of sweet chin music. At that point... Kane's music hit, appeared behind. Kane hits his trademark uppercut. And then Undertaker then appeared. Yes. Yes. Looking very old. And you know who didn't look old? Triple H. Well, yeah, because he's actually still, like, in wrestling shape. I, I know, but... One guy just... one guy's the mayor of a county. Another guy wrestles once a year. And the other guy's been retired. So, of course, he's going to look the best. I understand. Which means that in that match, guess who's going to have to carry it? Triple H. Thank you. But if he can do it, but if, if anybody can do it, it's him. We, and we've mentioned it on this podcast on countless occasions. Triple H was the glue that held Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, Stephanie McMahon, and himself together at WrestleMania. Well, again, it was a guy that can barely move right. with a woman that barely wrestles with another woman that Who'd is never wrestling. Who was wrestling her very first ever match in front of 75,000. Correct. 
If he can do, if he, one person can do it, it's him. But here's the kicker. I'm just glad we got Comedy Kurt back for a couple of weeks. That was tremendous. It's amazing. Comedy Kurt is awesome. Don't be surprised if Kurt Angle shows back up at Super Showdown. As long as he's not in a shield vest. That's perfectly fine with me. Okay. Um, by the way, Triple H's Triple H's punches are the best in the business. They still 20 years later, and they are the best in the business. Well, he has had a lot of practice. He has had a lot of practice. I get that. But you know how I feel about so. Triple H. So. I know. It's hard for you to admit things about him. Hey, hey, hey. I admitted that Miz was one of the best five characters in the business. Yes, you did. I did. Even you though did. even though the Miz is awful. Okay? I'm. You know what? So, you know what? Trips can be on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Hell, all he wants. Maybe he can do a charity drive that involves him on a unicycle shirtless. I don't know why I thought of that. It's very random. But, you know, him him being near a belt ever again, I don't need to see it. That's perfect. I also don't need to see him at uh, at WrestleMania ever. In fact, I hope that The Undertaker just beats him at Super Showdown and he just retires. That's going to be a really, really interesting thing. Just wanted to let you know. By the way, for those who are listening to us the day after this podcast gets released or the... I, I don't know. Okay. Please don't delete the show. Please Just don't kidding. delete the show. Uh, for those who are baseball fans, Dodgers beat the Braves 6 to nothing in Game 1 of the National League Division Series. Tremendous. Boss Ross, uh, for those of you who do not know, is a huge Dodgers fan, and he is ready to get back to the World Series. We will see if he does. Well, it's just the DS. It's just yes. the DS, but it's a bit... Step one. They are going to make the World Series and uh, beat whoever the AL brings up. I don't know about that. We got the Yankees over there. I do. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually. I'm actually a. Uh, actually, a prognosticator of facts. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so I get that. Okay. So here's here's my question to yeah. you. Are you more excited? For Super Showdown after this promo, or are you just kind of weirded out by the fact that they looked bored? No. No, I, I it's gonna no. I'm I'm actually gonna go out on a limb. I, I am genuinely a little bit excited because I am. First of all, we know that if anybody in of these four men can go, it's Triple H. Okay. So you know he's gonna bring his A game. Um. Regardless of how long it's been, I am tempted to think that there is some sort of chemistry still left over between Triple H and Undertaker. Oh, absolutely. Um. There's still there's still gonna be chemistry between HBK and Undertaker. True. And guess what? Kane has worked for this company long enough that he'll be fine. Yes. And I mean, it's funny to think about the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, the person who wrestled, who last wrestled between the four was not Triple H. It was Kane. He went ahead. Him and Daniel Bryan had a tag team title match against the yes. Bludgeon Brothers. At Extreme Rules. Team Hell no. That was That was at, in July. So mm-hmm. if you really think about it, the one who's really in the best wrestling shape should be, quote unquote, Kane. Well, well, that's, well that's, Kane, was, Kane was running for office. That is correct. To be honest. No, I understand that. He's not going to be in shape. But what I will tell you this is I am willing to think that Shawn Michaels is in a whole heck of a lot better shape than we have any other. Oh, I'm not saying he's out of shape. No, I'm no, just no, saying that there's, that, there's, that there's a difference between being in shape and being in wrestling shape. If anybody can come... Listen, Shawn Michaels came back after four years and basically put on a match of the year candidacy sure. with Triple H back in 2002. Granted, he was in his prime. But if any dude can go ahead and come back eight years later and pull off, pull off something like what they're trying to pull off, it's him. He hasn't wrestled in eight years. It's been eight years. He retired in April of 2010. Now, 
Wow. We don't know if there's actually going to be a wrestling match. They keep teasing us with it and whatnot. We keep hearing all these things. Are we going to get it? Most likely, yes. Do we know? Absolutely not. Not yet. Well, no. There is a match. It's between Triple H and Undertaker. No, no. I'm talking about Shawn Michaels, though. Oh, uh, this may be... Well, I, I think I think the whole thing is they want to tease that The Undertaker is going to wrestle HBK. Right. It, Which, by the way, if they do decide to do that, they need to wait until WrestleMania. Period. Agreed. Period. Don't make this happen in Survivor Series. It's not. It's, Don't make it happen. No, and, and plus, I mean, we're in October. Just you know, you can you're do six give months it a of one promos. Month build? Yeah, no, that, that's not, that's wrong. But I will say this: I think I think Triple H and Undertaker is going to be a lot better than we're, than what I was expecting. I because I legitimately when this well, first better it's headlining the show. We think it's most like name me a match that's going to headline the show. Heck, man, with the way that it's being treated, you. I'm telling you right now, Daniel Bryan and Miz is not closing the show. Well aware. Of I'm that. also telling you the six man tag is not closing the show. I don't know about that. I'm also going to tell you the that WWE title match is not going to headline the show, which is an unfortunate. Set no, of uh, clearly because because of who he is. Clearly, we're having a meaningless tag team match involving John Cena. Close the show. Clearly, dude, he, they did that in Japan a couple of years ago. Remember? No, no. Do you remember that? No, no. Wait, wait. Clearly. I can't even hold a straight face. Clearly, the Iconics <laughs> I, are, uh, are... I was waiting uh, for you to hit me with that. I was. No, actually, uh, watch it be like Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander with and with with Buddy Murphy winning the title. I was going to say, if Buddy Murphy wins the Cruiserweight title, you, you never know. But you remember a few years ago, the, the Beasts of the East Network special that they did in Japan? It was yes. the night that uh, Finn Balor won the NXT title. Yes. That did not headline the show. No. John Cena and Dolph Ziggler versus... Kane. <laughs> let me, come on, let me think about that. Yeah, so... Okay, so you are more hyped. I am... Eh. I'm I'm a little bit more hyped. I'm not saying like, oh my god, I'm freaking out. But what I am saying is that... No, you are. It's two, okay. You can mark out it's, if you this, want. This, this, it's going to be better than what I originally thought it was going to be. Okay. While you look that up, I'm going to transition us to SmackDown, which started with not one, but two promos. Dolph Ziggler and John Cena defeated Kane and King Barrett in a tag team match in the main event of WWE Beast in the East. I that miss match. King Barrett. Actually, I miss Bad News Barrett more. Yes. I miss Wade Barrett in general. Wade Barrett is the man. Wade Barrett should have been the WWE champion. A long time ago. That match went 23 minutes and 50 seconds. That match got more time than the NXT title match. It's because it's John Cena. I get that, but... John dear, Cena is more important than the NXT title. Which is actually which is actually an accurate statement. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, the NXT title is... The main title on your the NXT title for a, for a for a period of time was basically a joke. Mm. If you think about it, it really was. I mean, you, you and I could have held that title; it probably would have been more legitimate. That is true. I'm that is saying. no longer the case because I, I am completely illegitimate. I mean, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was not going to say that. I mean, I, clearly, I'm a pro. So, you know, what can I say? This is why you're so, on this program, so sir. So, SmackDown started with not one, but two <laughs> promos. We had Paige come out and say... That, by the way, this is SmackDown. Uh, Paige threatened to fire Samoa Joe, and then AJ came out and said, no, we're just going to make it a match that everybody knew was going to happen, which is a no disqualification, no count out, no blah, Which blah, has blah, already blah, blah, even blah, blah. been announced, which is the, what's so frustrating. Right, that's why the opening of SmackDown sucked. It did. We did have a tag team match that was the first match of the show. It was Carmella and R-Truth versus Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas. 
Uh, I already I already teased this before. Carmella put Zelina Vega in the Cold in her silence. little yes, thank you. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name, but you beat me to it. I get you. The the code of silence, which I had not seen her bust out in quite some time. She hadn't busted it out since. Golly, I don't think she busted it out there her entire title reign. So, so uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. I actually thought R-Truth and Andrade Cien Almas had really good chemistry together. I can't believe I'm... Now, that may be more of a product of Almas is so good and R-Truth is just a pro. Yes. Because... Because let's, let's be honest here. R-Truth... Is definitely an, a TNA Hall of Famer to me. Former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. That is correct. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I won't see. I won't be surprised if WWE puts him in the Hall of Fame at some point. What's he, up? I mean, hey, how long has he been with the company now? Nine years. Uh, he he probably thinks it's been closer to twenty. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, little Jimmy's a, little Jimmy's eighteen now. Do you remember his run as K Quick? When he was with the Road Dog. Oh man, that was a long time. It ago. was a long time ago, but yeah. yes, there was a there was a time when he was named K Quick. Okay, look at his look at our just a real quick look at our truth's resume. Oh boy, um, NWA World Heavyweight Champion. That is correct. But I'm talking about in WWE. If I'm not mistaken, he's a two time WWE Tag Team Champion. I am trying to figure out did. Did he and Morrison win the tag team titles, or did he and Miz win the tag team titles? No. Or did neither of them win the tag team titles? Neither of them. I know for a fact he won them with Kofi. Oh my gosh, I completely blocked that out of my mind because they were wearing suits during that time. Unbelievable that I remember that. Suits, and yes, do rags. If only they had Corporate Kane as a manager. Oh my god. That would be absolute gold. By the way. We were just before we went on air. We were discussing what corporate or what Kane should rename his wrestling moves now that he is the mayor of Knox County. I'm telling you, he needs to get permission from The Rock and just have the corporate elbow. It would be amazing. Yes, It'd be amazing. But I can't remember what other reigns that the our truth has had. But at the end of the day, with what he has done for WWE over the past nine years and the moments that that man has brought to of laughter to mm-hmm. the fans. Our truth is to me a def- definite WWE Hall of Famer, and the dude can wrestle. People forget about that because he's such a comedy act nowadays, but he can still wrestle. And yes, his performance was probably a lot having to do with Almas. Okay. But let's be honest, him and Miz didn't have that bad of a match a couple weeks ago. Oh, I know. Yeah. Again, again, pros. Exactly. So, pros. so yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip. The New Day segment, it was boring. It took a long time. There was pancakes involved. The bar beat them up and set up their match at Super Showdown. Right. Okay, I'm moving on. Uh, Ty Dillinger apparently wants to beat up Randy Orton. I don't care because Randy Orton's just going to kill him and Ty Dillinger is doing nothing. Let's move on to what is essentially one of the high promoed uh, things that were ha- that was happening on SmackDown. One Night in Milwaukee started this week. This, of course, is... Uh, this, of course, is Aiden English, Lana, and Rusev. By the way, Aiden English wearing a Happy Aiden Day. Yeah, I saw that last week. I don't know why it's not Happy English Day. Perhaps they thought it would be racist. 
Then again, this is the same company that called Seamus the Great White. This is also the same company where... I'm not even going to go there. Anyway, the point is that this showed basically doctored footage. I think we all knew this. Yep. Of course, this is supposed to trick Rusev. So it's doctored footage of that uh, Lana wanted Aiden English. Right. By the way, WWE, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Can we please stop making Lana look like a fool? It's it's just well, getting so well. Dumb I mean, I mean, you can you can blame your boy The Rock for that too. I know, I know you can. I so, know you can. Which is the only one of the few times I will ever ever put something on a negative pedestal for The Rock. But you're absolutely correct. Uh now I will tell you that I loved Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin. I will loved 100% it. One hundred percent agree with you. Um, the Miz was on commentary. Mm-hmm. He actually cut a promo backstage before this segment. Yes, he did. Uh, saying that he got Shelton Benjamin a match, and that Shelton Benjamin had been off TV for quite some time, which is true, by the way. Yes, it has. Um, Shelton Benjamin has always been a very good athlete. He has, of course, been riddled with some very bad injuries with very bad timing. Yes. Um, I but, mean, heck, when he went ahead and signed over with WWE when coming back. He, he was, got hurt right away. He got hurt right before he signed and didn't show up for like five months. Yes. Yeah. So Shelton Benjamin and Daniel Bryan had a very, actually, they had a very competitive match. Yeah. Um, in the running, to me, for match of the week, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I am not upset with how this match finished. Which is shocking. Because... The entire feud has been centered around Miz will do anything to win and Daniel Bryan wants to beat him clean in the middle of the ring. So we've had the Miz beat him with the assist of a ring or brass knucks or whatever it was. We had his wife pin Daniel Bryan's wife by basically underhanded tactics. I believe she grabbed the tights. Yes. And so, and now that this is for the number one contendership, which by the way, they just said it's for the number one contendership. This wasn't building up to anything. They just decided, storyline wise, they just decided that this was a number one contenders match. Which it that is. Does, that does bother me that it, they just decided to do it for no reason. I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, because you know for a fact that if anybody deserves to be in a number one contendership match, it's those two. Yes. But give, I mean, just give it to us from the very beginning. Like you were, they had, here's my problem with WWE building shows ahead of time. They tell us ahead of time what it's going to be, but then they go ahead and build to it. Right. And it's like, oh, now this is going to be it. Like we knew that the number, I mean, I'd been mentioning this for weeks that Daniel Bryan versus The Miz was going to be for the number one contendership. Right, but now, now they're just announcing it on TV. Right, and right. it's just so dumb. Why? Well, Anyways. this this goes back to stuff getting leaked on the internet. I get that, but they're stuff. the ones that are actually putting it out there. Don't oh, I agree. Is I agree. Not getting leaked. They should. They should just. They should. They should just be out front and right. a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um. So Shelton Benjamin won. Mm-hmm. Um. Normally, I'm very upset about these things because Daniel Bryan is on the pay-per-view and Shelton Benjamin is not, but it does fit the storyline. Plus, if they decide to actually do stuff with Shelton Benjamin, this was the right finish. Yeah, I agree. Um, Can I just say that um, with the buildup towards Super Showdown, mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan and The Miz is officially back on for being Feud of the Year to me. They got rid of all the bells and whistles with Bree. They got all the... They got rid of all the bells and whistles with Maurice, and it's back 
to being centered I, around the hatred between these two guys, and you add the number one contendership to the WWE title into the mix, and this feud is back on. To me. I mean, I think it's probably other than... The, on the main roster. Other, other than the three title matches, it's probably the most important match on the card. Because the other ones are for belts. Because it's for a number one contendership it plus for the, the feud. I mean, heck, it's if you want to look at it from an importance angle, I mean, to me, then the most important match of the card at Super Showdown is the WWE title match between Styles and Samoa Joe. I think that this is the second most important match on the entire card. Yes. I will give you that. It's to me. You put it above Becky and Charlotte. I don't know. I'd, pop, I'd probably put them 2A and 2B. Okay. Yeah. Um, this show ended with a Becky Lynch promo mm-hmm. that then Charlotte interrupted and gave her. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. She gave her the Bexploder. Yeah, onto the through the through the through, through the, the art poster yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, Becky yeah. had made up. I was way, trying to figure out what it was, and I was like, "Oh, she gave her the backsploder." Yeah, but she, it was weird because isn't the backsploder? Oh no, wait. Sh- yeah, it was just a weird angle that Becky got well, tossed into it. That's what it was. But you're right; it was the backsploder for sure. But can I just say something? Remember also that Charlotte is taller. Yes. So doing that move is going to look goofier. It is. It just is. I've got two things that I want to go ahead and say about this. Okay. One. Um. Very heelish tactics from Charlotte to end the show, in a way. Oh, I, I, okay. So, again, you know how much I hate the fact that they turned Becky Lynch heel and they still haven't changed her music. Yes. That bothers me to death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like they're both playing heels. It is, isn't it? It's very, like, I get that Becky's getting cheered. And but, it's not that Charlotte's getting booed. She's just not getting cheered. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. So, they're all okay. I can tell you right now, I will not be surprised if Becky Lynch works babyface in that match. I will not be surprised if that happens. Even well, she kind of did at Hell in a Cell. Okay, it was, it was it was a very gray area that she was working. Okay, but that's the thing; she hadn't turned heel yet. But she had. She turned heel at SummerSlam. You're right. She did. Yeah. You're right. I I get my pay per views mixed up. Everybody. No, it's okay. But it's just it's really weird. And the other thing was, and this is a very positive thing. Charlotte Spears strong, man. Again, for her, it works. Yeah, it's very... I mean, she made it look really, really I mean, good. again, we've talked about people giving the Spears. I mean, for instance, I always appreciated Goldberg's spear. Goldberg has the greatest spear of all time. Um, I mean, I understand that people will say Edge, but the only reason why people will say Edge is because he basically broke Jeff Hardy in half from the top. Well, and but, even then, like, to me... Okay, Another guy that I think when he when 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 it doesn't look fake, Rhino. Well, I love Rhino's score. Um, I actually really like Bobby Lashley's too. I know that he kind of does it weird. Yeah, but but he does, a, he does a full like he does a weird tackle. Okay, but here's the thing though. Yeah. Okay, if Bobby Lashley were to do the Goldberg spear, then he'd be considered the Black Goldberg. No, I'm saying he'd probably just kill somebody. Oh, that too. I mean, look at how jacked Bobby Lashley is. I mean, so, he's bigger than Goldberg, actually. So probably just for safety purposes. I mean, the guy's built like a tank anyway. Yeah. So for safety purposes, he almost kind of does a tuck and roll kind of spear where he hits you with his... So basically, it's more like a shoulder. You know what they should do? And this is going to be kind of an... Un- well, this may be unpopular. 
I don't know if you remember a guy named Monty Brown in TNA. Sounds really familiar. All right. He did a move called the pounce. The pounce? Yes. Okay. So Monty Brown was a former football player. Okay. Basically, the move was he would throw his opponent against one rope, go against another rope, and basically just run into them with all of his speed, and he hits them from the side... So it's basically like a car accident. I know what it is. It's very similar to how JB, how JBL's clothesline works. J- Ex- except instead of just your arm, you're yeah, just it's full body. It's basically a full body car accident. Yeah. I feel like Bobby oh, Lashley could do that. Move. I know. I was like, I've seen that move done before, and you know who does it to perfection? Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt does that full body, like throws his body. But onto again, him. but again, he wraps. Yeah. I'm talking. By the way, I am getting my phone here, so I'm hoping my internet actually works because I want to you show you. This st- you should still be signed on to my uh, Wi-Fi. Bobby Lashley doing what I'm about to show you would totally work. I'm sure it would. So pounce. Well, while you go ahead and look that up. So that's how that's how SmackDown ended. Right. Was Becky Lynch cutting a promo? Which, if we get to the rant segment, I will curtail off of yeah. this segment. Because there was something happening in this promo that upset me. Now, let me ask you a question as you continue to look that up. Um, I know you've always told me that you never like when a show ends with a segment as opposed to the match. But are you necessarily mad with this because the last match of the night was Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin? So, therefore... It was not the last match of the night. Oh, what was the last match of the night? The main event of that show was Asuka and Peyton Royce. Sweet Jesus. Can we just... This is going to sound crazy. Can WWE release Asuka from her contract and let her go back to New Japan? It's not going to happen. I know it's not, but can we just like... Can Asuka not be on WWE program anymore? Because they ruined her. It's okay. unreal. That's kind of a bad one because he's still wearing his street clothes. I want to show one that's in an actual match. Is that our truth Okay, that one looked bad too. Good lord. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Well, again, you know, if it looks bad, that doesn't necessarily mean that the okay. other prefer- other wrestler will perform it in a, in a bad way. So, you know? All right. As soon as he gets past his wacky dancing, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, um, Mixed Match Challenge happened this week. And so, we had two different matches. Oh, wow. That is very cool, by the way. Okay. And R-Truth went... Okay, so you understand what I mean? Yes, no, no, I totally get that. If you were to get okay, I'm a big fan of okay. For instance, when Bobby Lashley was in TNA, Mm -hmm. they first booked him as a character called the Destroyer. Yeah. Okay. And a moniker that he now goes by in WWE. So they had him team up with MVP and Kenny King, and anyway, so the entire moniker was he destroyed people. Okay, when you have a guy that looks like that. That has the amateur background, that's been in the military, that does all this stuff, that has former WWE experience, that's just yeah. built like a tank. Right. You have him just beat people. It's not that hard to just have him beat people. He's a freak in the ring. He's just a freak athletically anyway. I realize he may not be the most gifted athlete when it comes to wrestling. He's okay. still not that bad. Then in that case, I don't know, use the Paul Heyman philosophy of hide or uh, show his strengths and hide his weaknesses. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't have him cut a promo. Right. And have him be super physical in the ring. Yeah. Safely, of course, but be but be physical. And 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 to be honest with you, throughout his entire two terms at WWE, from what I understand, Bobby Lashley for the most part has been pretty safe. 
Um, I actually remember really enjoying his WWE title match against John Cena. It was a good reason. match, and you know who else he had a match with that was great chemistry? Him and Umaga. Him and Umaga had some, uh, a couple of quality um, matches. There was that moment when he broke mean, the steel cage. You mean, you, mean the, you mean the match that was the Battle of the Billionaires? That match was pretty good, too. Okay. Um, yes, again, it's it's when you see talent, just use it appropriately. That's all I ask. I could not agree with you more. Um, mixed match challenge, I will go very quickly. Yep. Um, Bailey and Finn Balor beat Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, whatever. And um, I will say that in the Uso... Naomi versus Rusev Lana match. Mm-hmm. I say Uso because I never remember which one it is. I think, I think it's, it's Jimmy. Jimmy. Not little Jimmy, though. What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, in that match, there was a dance-off. That was great. Um, there was a dance-off first between the gals. Um, I did not know that there was a okay. dance well. So, of course, and again, this is not news. Um, Naomi has a very large posterior. Okay. That, by the way, one of her moves is... Her finisher is that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Ridiculous. Okay. So, uh, and, 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 and she tends to shake her posterior in some of her moves. So part of the dance-off was Lana basically mocking her. Oh, my God. I don't think many people were complaining. That's all I'm saying. Uh, then we had basically Rusev channel his inner Rikishi. Yep. Possibly doing the dance-off. I will still never forget the Royal Rumble in which all three members of Too Cool were in the ring. One of the greatest They did the dance-off, and then Rikishi eliminated both of them with, with, with Lawler being confused as to why he would eliminate his friends, even though it's a match in which everybody's for themselves. That's yep. why I love Jerry Lawler. Miss him on commentary. Eh. <laughs> Tremendous. That was great. That was... I love him and JR. Uh, so, oh, God, that was that Mixed was... Match Challenge. You just That was the highlight of this podcast. Eh. <laughs> I thought it was on uh, you and Andres. That's it. He's dead. <laughs> so uh, mixed match challenge is really to me it's it's hit or miss. And I thought this was another miss week. You have to have the right characters, and <laughs> for example, and you have to have the right teams. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox are very. It's very weird. Finn Balor and Bailey are just kind of boring. Well, so. Like, for example, Jimmy and Naomi are great together. Why? Because they're married. There's actual chemistry. Well, Same thing with Rusev, Rusev and Lana. You know? but, but even then, like, but look at AJ look, and Charlotte. have great chemistry. But again, remember, two of the best performers in the game. KO and Natalia. Two of the best performers in the game. And well, actually, let me take that back. Natalia kind of boring. KO is charisma central. I think they've made the best out of certain situations. Like Braun. Braun and... Um, yeah. Uh, help me out. It's um Well, she has an awesome finisher. Why I'm, in the world am I I'm blanking so this, bad right this now? This is what happens. Ember um, Moon. Ember Moon. Thank you. Sorry about that. No, it's Ember, it's, it's and, and again, Braun is making up for the charisma of Ember Moon. However, I should have thought of Moon with Eclipse. That's yeah. that's her move. But again, Braun and Alexa were so good yes. together that Seeing Braun with Ember Moon is a bit of a downgrade. Not a bit. It's a eh, very it is. It is. It so is. Hopefully we get. Uh, hopefully we get a good uh, mixed match challenge next week. By the way, the May Young Classic is still going on. Yeah. If you don't want spoilers, don't use the internet and find out. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. 
Uh, did you watch 205 Live this week? I watched segments, yes. Okay. Just so, two segments that actually were on air. So, and it was it was two matches. Yes. And a promo between, or it was a promo after the first match. Correct. So we had Akira Tozawa versus, versus Gentleman Jack Gallagher, correct. who I will call Baby Sheamus. Because <laughs> that's what he looks like. It's true. Imagine having a stable with uh, Jack Gallagher. Sheamus. Sheamus. And uh, Aiden English. That would be... And somehow also add in Cesaro, but have him in some... Like, like have him wear, like, long white sleeve shirt. Just, I'll tell you this right now. Raven, Ray-Ban needs to be the sponsor of that group. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, so, Akira Tozawa and Gentleman Jack Gallagher had a very... Can I get some love for that? Ray-Ban. That's all I'm going to say. I expected that. This, okay... I love Jack Gallagher. Yeah. I miss the umbrella. Yes. Akira Tozawa to me is eh. Oh, dude, he's falling off the map so hard. And now he does have a very cool finisher with that top rope senton. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's I mean, very cool. Ever since he was cruiserweight champ, he's just fallen off. Well, and I'll get to some guys that have fallen off here in a second. But my segment of the week after KO. And Elias was the end of this. Was Drew Gulak bringing back PowerPoint? <laughs> right. And it's, it's, that's a and by the way, for those of you who did not watch Two Hundred Five Live, there was a huge moment that happened after Akira Tozawa beat Jack. Did, if I'm saying Akira Tozawa beat Jack, he Gallagher. did. Um, Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak turned on Brian Kendrick. On the Brian Kendrick. That was big. Which means Brian Kendrick is turning babyface. It is and. I don't know what that means. I'm all for Brian Kendrick turning babyface because I think he's great. Uh, I, 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 I thought Drew Gulak would already be the cruiserweight champion. I think they may have supplanted him with a gentleman named Buddy Murphy. Um, we we talk about guys getting being casualties of situations and then not pulling the trigger at certain points and whatever. Oh my God! How many I, how many dudes did we have to mention that? It's but. true, but in this case. Um, Drew Gulak is easily one of the most charismatic people they have on that show. And the fact that he's not champion is a little disappointing. It is. By the way, I don't know if I ever showed you. So before he changed to this, like, make America, like, not, it's not the make America great again gimmick, but it's the make. The cruiserweights make, great again? Make, make the cruiserweights Gulak again or something <laughs> like that. So, but um, his first theme that he used in the cruiserweight classic I'll have to show you that maybe after the show. Okay. Basically, you'll be blown away with how awesome of a rendition that somebody mixed up with a very popular song that probably everybody hates now. But it's awesome. I'll show it to you later. Drew Gulak is amazing. He has been an an an, an, an unreal addition to Two O Five. The the main event of the show was T J Perkins, or as he is called T J P. He changed his music to the rock version of the little eight bit video game thing. So his gimmick is that he wants to demask the entire Lucha House party. Correct. So he yeah. faced Kalisto this week. He has already demasked Lince Dorado, and his goal was to face Kalisto. Mm -hmm. Well, he demasked Kalisto, but after he lost to him. Um, so they've done this gimmick several times before. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Chris Jericho tried to take Rey Mysterio's mask. He did. They had, um, what's his face? They had Cody Rhodes trying to take Rey Mysterio's mask. Somebody's tried to take Kalisto's mask on the main roster. Yes. Um, 
I don't know where they're going with this. I am not a big fan of TJP's work. It's more of a spot, 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 spot. There's no real storytelling. He doesn't have the ring psychology to go ahead and make him better. Um, but uh, if you look back on the match that he and Grand Metalik had in the Cruiserweight Classic Finals, that was a good match. It was, but... I, but that... But, Grand Ma- I feel like that's more Grand Metalik. Well, and again, I don't know if many people knew who Grand Metalik was until that match. I mean, maybe people did, but I know a lot of people did not really know anything about Grand Metalik until that True. tournament. Here's the difference. In the Cruiserweight Classic, in the same way that that's going on in the Mae Young Classic, Triple H lets those guys fly. And it's more, as the word that you've used this evening, it's more contrived on the main roster. It's They, they really hold them down. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. So maybe TJP isn't getting the full opportunity to go for it all on the because this they're calling the st- shots back. I mean, I mean, I will admit that uh, he was doing some better things when he was manic in Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. and before that, he was doing stuff as Suicide. Yeah. Um. So that may be a casualty of it. Um. But two hundred five live was eh, except for Drew Gulak, who's awesome. True. So. Um, NXT. You know, Candice LeRae and Lacey Evans was very entertaining. Oh. Um, Candice LeRae, of course, the wife of Johnny Gargano. I would expect her to be a better wrestler, but uh, I also would expect Brie Bella to not not. So actually, you know what? I'm not going to go ahead and make fun of Brie Bella anymore. Liv Morgan is okay. Liv Morgan seems and, like she's going to have a, the match. At Super Showdown. And Brie Bella apologized. Brie Bella apologized, which we mentioned last week, by Mm -hmm. the way. And, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan had to go on social media to defend her from cyberbullying. And so did a lot of people from the WWE universe. And I'm fully against cyberbullying. And if, listen, I know that Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan aren't going to listen to our podcast anytime soon. If they ever do, it would be an honor and privilege. But what I will say is when when you and I had our conversation about that last week... We talked about it in the sense that it was dangerous, but in no way, shape, or form were we condemning Brie Bella. And I hope it didn't come across that way. We don't intend to go ahead and disrespect anybody on this podcast. We were just talking about the fact that that shouldn't have happened. But it did. It is what it is. Liv Morgan's fine. Brie Bella apologized. Anybody else that's still continuously talking about the fact that Brie Bella did this and Brie Bella did that. You know what? Brie Bella's still pretty good at what she does. It was an accident. Let's well, move on. Well, I just I just wouldn't have a wrestle on TV or for pass, a while. Or, it's or, just a matter of getting I mean, back in the groove. I mean, I mean, she's going to be on this show, and then she's going to be on Evolution, and I would yep. say after Evolution, let's just have her like go down to the performance center for Absolutely. a month or whatever. She needs that's that. all. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to say go out of your way to watch this women's wrestling match. What I will say is, if you have not seen Lacey Evans wrestle. Um, she does the whole. She's 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 got the pinup gimmick where she's where where she looks like the pinup girl. Mm. Um, she's very large, um, but she's very agile for her size. And I thought her and Candice LeRae, even though there were a couple spots that were a little goofy because of the size difference, because Candice LeRae is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they had a pretty decent match, and I think that is a lost thing in NXT, probably ever since. Asuka left. I don't know if people are appreciating the women's division as much. I get that Shayna Baszler was the champion for a while, and now we have Kyrie Sane. But Ember Moon was the champ for a while, and 
it, w- it wasn't the same. I mean, it's 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 just that thing of when you lose talent, you just have to build it back up. And right. so I I think between those two and uh, who's the chick from Sanity? Oh, Nikki Cross. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, she's having a match with uh, with with the most awful gimmick in the world in two weeks. The EST. Bianca Belair, who, by the way, is apparently still undefeated. I forgot about that. Because, you know, they do undefeated gimmicks with every other wrestler. Right. Can I just go on a limb and say this? We're talking about the women's wrestlers and NXT and how hard it is to build talent back up. But you Mm -hmm. have to look at it this way. They had Sasha, Charlotte, Becky. I know. Bailey. I know, but that was a while ago. No, I know. But Asuka, Amber Moon, you know. I mean, if you think about it. But like before them was Paige and Emma and you know right that's a that's a hard lineage to follow sure you know so sure. but but it's on WWE to hey listen you're bringing in these women to be the next best thing book it like correctly no and and, yeah. and look like I said they have Shayna Baszler they have Kyrie Sane they yeah. have Candice LeRae they have Lacey Evans they have Nikki Cross they have Bianca Belair I'm not saying they're There's all no great, but There's it's no just excuses. a matter of you know just yeah. just just build your talent and and, and showcase right. what you can do. All right, well let's go ahead and get into the two things about NXT because Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo. Tommaso Ciampa did cut a promo, and I love. Well, he's 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 so underrated. He is he he is the best heel in that company. Better than Adam Cole. Yes. Okay. Because yes. Adam Cole, the undisputed era is really starting As to teeter. Yeah, They're but you know what? Aren't they? I have a yes, but I also have a feeling that they've kind of been because remember they've been off TV. They haven't been cooled off. Huh? They yeah. haven't been on an NXT show in a while. It's been a month. So, Tommaso Ciampa had a handheld camera in the back. He cut a very heel promo, mm-hmm. like he should. Um, I don't know if he's trying to say he's taking credit for taking out Aleister Black, but I think he's kind of insinuating it. Or maybe he's saying, oh, well, I don't like being insinuated. Yeah, being a heel. Right. Okay. So he cuts a promo, and uh, he's got his creepy new music now, too, which is great. Pretty much everything this guy does is awesome. Okay? Like, I don't need to say a lot about it, but yeah. also, again, uh, we had another Forgotten Sons match. Uh, if you have not seen Jackson Riker, you should. Again, he is Gunner from TNA or Impact. He got a major push there. I, I feel like I have to reiterate this again. Jackson Riker, that same guy, is a guy that clean pinned Sting in Impact. That's how that's how big of a deal he was there. So I would not keep I would keep your eyes open for that group. I'm not saying they're gonna be like the Undisputed Era tomorrow. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there is talent there. And you should pay attention to it. And you know who else we should start paying attention to? If you haven't been paying attention to him, Lars Sullivan. Oh. Man, is that guy a freak of nature. Let me tell you something, okay? I am not saying that Lars Sullivan is the next Braun Strowman. I am not saying that he's the next Goliath heel for that company. In fact, I would tell you up until about a month or two ago, I actually kind of found him a little boring. Right. Um, I thought his little mini feud with Killian Dane helped. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when they were feuding for the North American title. Um, I mean, he was part of the uh, ladder match. He right? was. Him and Killian Day. So when you have a monster, mm-hmm. you have to feed him. Yes. Um, I do like his finisher, Freak Accident. It's very cool. Um, he had a match with EC3, who, uh, well, he's been hitting the tanning bed quite a bit. Sure has. Looks darker than Jinder Mahal. 
Maybe he needs to. Uh, maybe he needs to get his inner peace going. Clearly, he maybe to, maybe he needs to make a tag team with Jinder Mahal. He has been learning how to not hinder the gender. Clearly, these two need to team up on the main roster. Their name immediately needs to be the Punjabi Playboys. That's all I'm saying. You said that off air, and it was hilarious, and still even funny. Uh, what right was uh, um, Sunil and Samir were the Bollywood boys, right? Yes. Okay, so. They could just come back, be a tag team, and we could have a stable of the Punjabi Playboys. I'm, I'm telling you, it's marketing gold. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> EC3 made Lars Sullivan look like a million bucks. So, uh, uh, yes. I'm sorry that I got off on a tangent. It's okay. The entire point is EC3 held his own. I still hate the NX3 chants. Yeah. Not as much as the nickname EST. I'm just saying. No, it's stupid. I, I'm it's a hitch in my craw. I'm all with I'm you right there. I'm with you right there. <laughs> so yes, Lars Sullivan won. He did the freak accident on the apron, Ooh. or whatever the the hardest part of the ring is. Right. He did that to EC3. He got the win. Nice. Um, and then we had the main event of NXT, which actually wasn't that bad of a match. Uh, we had Tony Nese show up on NXT. He wrestled Johnny Gargano. How strong is Tony Nese? He's very strong. By the way, I'd like to mention that uh, half the crowd was chanting Johnny Wrestling. The other half was chanting Johnny Failure. A heel turn is coming, man. I'm telling you. I still think he's the one that attacked Aleister I, Black. I think so, too. I don't know who they're going to turn babyface, though. Unless they're just going to turn Undisputed Era babyface, which could happen. Yeah, but I don't know what that has to do with... I mean, why would you... Because there has to be a balance. No, I get that. So if you're going to turn the mega babyface heel... Oh, I see what you mean. Who they're turning babyface to be able to fill the void? Correct. Oh, I apologize. I Which I guess you could say, well, Aleister Black's coming back. But he's already a face. He's and and not to mention, Aleister Black is in that weird situation where he's a face. He's just not a mega face. Clearly, we need to turn the street profits. I'm just kidding. I hate them. <laughs> Team bad unity. I'll never not think of them. Oh that way. my god, that was NXT. That was uh, NXT. So overall. Uh, I thought there were a handful of good matches. We already mentioned uh, Roman and Ziggler. We mentioned McIntyre and Rollins. And we mentioned mention, Shelton and Daniel Bryan. And what we did was, you know, we were ta- we were texting about this earlier this week, and we were thinking, oh, there wasn't that many good matches. But we, you know, it just kind of took us a while to kind of recalibrate our brains and realize, no, there were some few good matches. It just because of the way that the shows were treated this week, it made everything just seem a little bit blah. Than yeah. usual. However, you look at Roman versus Ziggler. You look at Rollins versus McIntyre. You look at Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin. You look at um, Tony Nese and Johnny Organo. Uh, you look at EC3 and Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, you, you look at Kyrie. Or I'm sorry, not Kyrie. Saying Lacey Evans and Cam Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. And um, I, this was supposed to be a. This was a fun match, but I think. You could get away with the fact that it's saying that it was a pretty enjoyable match, but R Truth and Carmella versus Cien Almas and Selena Vega was fun. It was a fun match to watch. So, uh, what was your show of the week? I'm gonna go with SmackDown. Really? Yeah. And I thought it had the poorest wrestling. Actually, there were only three matches on SmackDown. There was, but again, you look at the strength of the last segment between Becky and Charlotte. You mm-hmm. look at the strength of Daniel Bryan and The Miz. And even though it could have been better executed, the strength of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, and then you sprinkle in the funness of R-Truth and Carmella with Cien Almas and, and Zelina Vega, and you sprinkle in 
Um, Randy Orton continuing to be just an awesome heel. Everything that's going on in SmackDown is hitting better notes because Raw, all it can concentrate on is the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. I'm going to surprise you. Okay. I'm going to say the best show of this week was Raw. Okay. Between the between the two really good matches. Very good matches. Between the stuff with the main six guys. Between the fact that they are promoting Super Showdown and they have to do the angle with the four of them. Yeah. I thought that translated well. And again, it had the segment of the night for the both of us there too. That booing again, that booing for five seconds. And and of course and, and of course it had the moment you know, it had it had segment of the week in it. Yeah. So 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 for me, as much as I can pick apart Monday Night Raw you're right. No, I that's I, the show I, of the week for me. I, I, I'm it totally, is. I totally get that. It is. I totally agree with you. It's just the things. Uh, there's just more concreteness going on on SmackDown. Everything is a little sure. bit better laid out for me. But I will. I, I see where you're coming from, and you're absolutely right. Again, two of the better matches. I mean, the match of the week for me was Roman versus Ziggler, and it was on Raw. And, and my match of the week was McIntyre Rollins, which is on also Raw. on Raw. So, um, before we transition to our preview and predictions for Super Showdown, I am going to do my minute of impact Please. because I said I was going to do it this week, I'm and I will save my it. rant for next week. That'll be a tease because okay. it's not time sensitive. Even though I still want to do it, and I'm still very passionate about it, I'm going to save it for next week because we still have pay per view to Absolutely. get through. Here is your minute of impact this week. Of course, it's Impact Wrestling. Here is what I will tell you. For those of us that used to watch TNA and Impact Wrestling and got jaded by the fact that, well, they've gone through about 12 different regimes, they've done a lot of very weird things with Global Force Wrestling, and there are some other things that have just essentially driven us away from the product. Also, the fact that it's on Pop TV. Well, I think one of the things that turned me off was the fact that they gave a shot to Del Rio, and then nothing happened with Del Rio on the outside, yet they made him think... They, they made it seem like, oh, he was in the wrong, and then they stripped him of the title and essentially let him go. I thought that was a big turnoff. For well, me. And, and and it's – there's there's a lot of talent there. There is. I mean, uh, Austin Aries is their champion. Uh, if you love Austin Aries, you should be watching him on Impact Wrestling. Absolutely. Um, they turned Moose heel. I thought it was a good move. I thought that babyface character was getting a little stale. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, here's what I will tell you, okay? Uh, between the fact that there's lots of good wrestling on that show, I feel like Impact does a very good job in two departments. Even though they do not have Jeremy Borash and they don't have some of their uh, behind-the-scenes guys or just their, their actual technical side guys, mm-hmm. they're still there. They really emphasize character development. If you see some of the things that are going on with LAX... OVE, Sammy Callahan, Eli Drake, Austin Aries, Moose. Like, I could go on and on and on about how they are really focused on character development. They really want you to buy into these characters. And I think sometimes, especially in the WWE realm, they don't focus as much on character development, okay? Again, I mentioned it last time. Seth Rollins' gimmick is... He burns it down, meaning he's got fire match. Okay, that's fine. To me, WWE is about selling the brand. Right. 
impact is about selling you on the characters. And I think it's a nice change of pace Mm -hmm. for you to go on a show and buy into characters. By the way, if you're a big fan of Conan, he's doing some awesome things with impact right now. Well, Conan has been over at TNA for like what feels like forever. He has. Yeah. He's been hanging out with LAX and he's been cutting... He's always been great at cutting promos. He's been. He still can cut promos. He's a great managerial. He's been great as a manager for a long, long time. He he was never really considered great in ring. No, but for the role he's played, and again, like I said, if you if you want to go check out some highlights on YouTube just to see what I'm talking about, what they're doing with their women's division, what they're doing with their tag division. Again, there's emphasis on everything they do. I'm not saying it's a better product. What right. I'm saying is they are trying their best to make sure you buy into, and guess what? You may not be into everything. And this is and this is where I'll give it props to it being like WCW, uh-huh. a brand that is dead, buried, and forgotten for good reason. Here's what I'll say about WCW when it was running good, okay? You didn't have to like what was going on in the main event. You didn't have to care about the NWO. You didn't have to care about factions. You didn't have to... Because guess what? Uh, And and, and for me, Mm -hmm. I loved watching Booker T wrestle. That had nothing to do with the main product of the show. Some people loved the cruiserweights, Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, Chris Jericho. Some people loved Chris Jericho. Some people loved... Benoit, Malenko, and all those guys. You didn't, and, and that had nothing to do with the main event. Okay? So at least with Impact Wrestling. Can okay, I get a little bit of sprinkle of that? I can care about Austin Aries being the world champion. Mm-hmm. And I can care about Eli Drake cutting a promo in Mexico where he's, where he's trying to find dummies. Because that's his gimmick. Okay? I can also buy into what's going on with the women's division and how they've got all these different characters and they've got this super monster character that everybody's afraid of. Right. Then you've got this war between OVE and LAX and there's promos. It's it's There's something for everybody. And yeah. so what I will tell you is, if you can't watch it, watch some highlights, see what you can do. I realize this went longer than a minute. What I will tell you is, you should pay attention to Impact and it airs on Thursday nights during the night that we do this. Hey, first of all, and this is why this is why this podcast is being made because again, I said this last week and I'll reiterate it again. We are not a WWE podcast. We are a professional wrestling podcast. We love pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is the bomb. Pro wrestling is our passion and seeing my boy Boss Ross get pumped up over Impact Wrestling like he just did and seeing him get pumped up about All In when Cody and and Kenny Omega rocked the world for us back in September. That's what this is all about, man. So thank you very much for that minute rant. I love it, brother. I, I think, love it. I think I'm going to maybe have to make that a semi-regular thing. I couldn't agree with you maybe more. Not, maybe not every week, but it's going to have to somewhat be semi We need to incorporate it a little so. bit more. There's too much WWE programming out there, and we tend to forget that everything else is going on. And I'm glad to see that tonight we went ahead and went outside of the WWE twice. We opened up with Neville signing up with Dragon Gate and we mm-hmm. went ahead and just talked and had three minutes worth of Impact Wrestling where they're kicking butt and taking names. I love it. But we do have something very important to get to. Super Showdown. Super Showdown. So, By the but, way, what time is it airing? <laughs> oh boy, what time is it? I airing? think you told me it was like it was, 1 a.m. It is 1 a.m. on the West Coast. I'll tell means you. means it's what... No, actually, I thought they said it was 5 Eastern. 
Maybe I'm wrong. Let me tell you. Uh, Regardless, I will not be watching this live. It's, I'm I just mean, here to tell you now. Just can't. I am not watching it live. We. I may have to watch it on delay. I may watch clips. I am not watching it live, everybody. I'm just here to tell you that now. So, so, so our review of this show may not be as uh, detailed as some of the other pay-per-views we watch. Yes. I'm just telling you that now because it's in Australia and it's on at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm just saying. I, I have it. I have it as a start time of 6 p.m. Australia Standard Time, which is 4 a.m. Eastern on the East Coast. That means it's then, 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock here okay. on the West Coast. So, Super Showdown. It's in Melbourne, Australia. This has been in the works for quite some time. Very we have awesome. also known that Triple H and The Undertaker, for the quote, final time, was going to be a headlining event of this show. It may not close the show, even though I think it's going to. Right. That'll be part of our predictions, of course. Which we will get into. So, there are ten matches on this card. Right. Um, I think this is a great venture for WWE to go to Australia. They've right. already proven that they are willing to go outside of their uh, outside of the continental United States. Right. Um, to do this, they've already done a show shows, in Saudi Arabia. I think we're going to have a show in. Uh, actually, they've done Raws and Smackdowns in England. I'm waiting for them to do a pay per view in England. It's been a long time since we last had a pay per view in England. I think it's been 2002. We had insurrection. Yeah. What? And would you like to know what the uh, main event was for that show? Probably something involving Shane McMahon. I don't know. <laughs> actually, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I have to go back and officially look at this. I'm going to have to look this up just to see how pretty awesome sure, you are. Pretty sure it was a triple threat match for the, WW, for, the, for the WWE title. It was between Rock, Triple H, and Brock. Okay, Insurrection, we're talking 2002? Correct. Let's see. I think, here. yeah, Rock, Brock, and, and, and Triple H for the WWE title. So the poster had Triple H, Undertaker, and Austin, mm -hmm. also with apparently Trish Stratus on there. Oh my gosh, there's a DVD logo on here. At least it wasn't VHS. Correct. Uh, oh my gosh. There were nine matches on this card. The main event of the show was Triple H beating The Undertaker. Oh, really? Oh, man. Um, I... When, 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 does, when did this pay-per-view take place? Was it September 02 or was it August 02? It was May of 2002. Oh, Brock hadn't debuted yet. Went, oh, Global Warning is what I'm thinking of. Maybe by the way, by the way, the pre-show of that show was Mr. Perfect defeating Goldust. It's a long time ago. And uh, we, long also had, we also had X-Pac beating Bradshaw on that show. Heat. We also had Booker T winning the hardcore title on that show. Actually, Brock Lesnar was at that pay-per-view. Was he? Okay. The Hardy Boys beat Brock Lesnar and Sean Stasiak. <laughs> Stasiak. <laughs> let me tell you about. Let me tell you something about Sean Stasiak. Other than botching basically everything he did in WCW after he left when he was meat, he came back and was hit with milk cartons by Kurt Angle and then sprayed with the milk hose. That's oh all I'll ever remember about Sean Stasiak, other than the fact that he's Planet Stasiak and he was terrible. Uh, Spike Dudley beat William Regal for the European title that night as well. Stone Cold Steve Austin, in the longest match of the night, beat The Big Show. Wow. With, with, with Ric Flair as the special guest referee. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention R-Truth. Cut a hilarious promo involving Carmella facing Ric Flair next week. Loved it. Because R-Truth and Carmella are facing AJ Styles and Charlotte. So, 
Stay tuned for the epic classic that will be Ric Flair versus Carmella. That would be gold. Anyway, so <laughs> super showdown. There are, By the way, is, so and I apologize. Global warning mm-hmm. was the Australia tour in 2002 that was occurring between August and September. Okay. That's what I was thinking about. And it was Triple H, uh, Triple H Rock, and Brock Lesnar for the WWE. Hopefully it title. was better than the group known as Three Minute Warning that involved Jamal, a.k.a. Umaga. I'm pretty sure it was. Also Rosie. Rosie. Also, they both rest in peace. Oh my goodness. They all, also the guy that would consistently bring them out on TV, Eric Bischoff. Easy E. I'm ready. By the way, if you listen to Eric Bischoff's theme and Dead Man Walkins' Undertaker, same theme. Just different lyrics. You know what the funny thing is? You mentioned that the last And I will I continue to mention it because uh, <laughs> The Undertaker managed by Eric Bischoff would be weird. It would be I'm very just saying. weird. Okay, so we have a 10-match card for Super Showdown. Yes. We have Triple H with Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker with Kane. Yep. We have the very weird tag team match involving Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Elias and Kevin Owens. Yep. We have Daniel Bryan in The Miz. The, that'll be for the number one contenders match for the WWE Championship. We have the six-man tag between The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. We have the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey versus The Riot Squad, which apparently is still on, as you mentioned, Liv Morgan must be cleared. <coughs> we have AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in a no-count-out, no-disqualification match for the WWE Championship. Cedric Alexander facing the hometown boy, Buddy Murphy, for the Cruiserweight Championship. The New Day is facing The Bar for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We have Asuka and Naomi versus the Iconics, who of course are the hometown gals. And then for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Overall thoughts of the card... For a showdown in Australia where the main event may be two guys that are in their 50s. Strong. Actually, I think Undertaker. Undert- uh, Undertaker's got to be in his 50s. He's definitely in his 50s. The youngest person involved in this match is Triple H. He's 49. Wow. Yeah. So you're saying he's going to run for office? Clearly. Okay. Greenwich, Connecticut. Holler at your boy. Oh, uh, no. Clearly, I would vote for Joey Abs first. <laughs> By the way, really quickly. What about Pete Gas? <laughs> there was one little snippet. Maybe Rodney. There was one I'm little sorry. snippet that happened on Monday Night Raw. Um, Braun Strowman was out, on the, was out on the ramp, and Ziggler and McIntyre were flanking him. Yes. And they both, they, all three of them did the roar. They have done that several times, and actually. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Cute. <laughs> so weird. Mark that down. So Jorge weird. said cute when it came so to uh, weird seeing the three Ziggler of them. do that. <gasps> right. It's okay. just it's so odd. Well, remember also it's 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 like his facial expression of he's he's in pain or something. That's hilarious. <laughs> Nobody saw that because it's a podcast. Uh, of course. Uh, so but oh you asked for my overall thoughts on the card. I did. I think it's strong. Okay. Um regardless of Triple H and Undertaker, which I can I think that for whatever reason that might be better than what we expect it to be. I really do honestly think that. All right. So um, even though I've seen the card, I'm going to do my cursory picks on the fly because Still. that's base. I'm not saying I don't care about this show. I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, it's not got very. A, it's got a weird. It's got been. It's had a weird build to it. All right. So let's start. Mm-hmm. 
with Asuka and Naomi versus the Iconics. Okay. Who you got and why? I mean, do I care about this match? I'm not saying you care. Yeah. I'm just saying you got to pick a winner. Right. I'm, I'm, actually, you could pick a draw. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that happened. It's true. Yeah. Just saying. Um, Maybe Dave Meltzer will be involved. I'm just kidding. Dave Meltzer, if you give this this match two stars... I, I I'm going to go on a limb and say this match is probably getting negative one star. And oh, it has Asuka in it. I was going to give it three quarters of a star. <laughs> I was planning on being nice. We don't do star ratings. We don't. We don't. We don't do star ratings and then break our system with matches from New. That Japan. is correct. I'm we don't saying. do star ratings. We do two sweet ratings. So, um, so I, you who, know what? Who there, you there, got and why? It would make sense if I went with Oscar and Naomi, mm-hmm. but they're in Australia, mm-hmm. and. My question—it's all based on how the crowd will actually react to the iconics. Are they that over in Australia? The iconics are going to get cheered. They're going to get really cheered. Yes. Right? If mm-hmm. WWE were smart, why not take advantage of that? Okay. So you're picking the iconics. I I don't care about this match enough to go ahead and say that I would rather see Asuka and Naomi win. I actually do. The iconics are going to be. I would hope that the WWE the WWE management would realize that the iconics are actually pretty good. And they should do something with them. Okay. Um, I think that the they're on Australia. They're gonna get cheered. Why not? The iconics. Okay. Who do you have pinning who? Um. Re- remind me again. Peyton Royce is the better of the two, correct? Yes. So Peyton Royce is definitely to me would get the pin. It depends on who WWE has higher up on their food chain. Do they have Naomi higher up or do they have do they still have Asuka up there? Okay. If they have Asuka, then Naomi needs to take the pin. To be honest with you, regardless of what I think, Naomi needs to take the pin. I think that she is the non-stronger of the two between her and, and Asuka. Okay. Um, as crazy as it might sound, though, I don't think Asuka is as over as Naomi. That's scary. Which is really odd. That's no disrespect scary. to Naomi. No. It's but it's just disrespectful to WWE in the treatment of Asuka. Well, I mean, look, she was undefeated for like five hundred and something days, yep. and then she just tapped out to Charlotte. She just became every other person on the yeah. roster. So. so to me, if I were WWE, I'd have Peyton Royce pin Naomi. Okay. I don't think that'll be the case. I think if the Iconics do win, they'll end up pinning Asuka. I really do. So I'm hesitant to pick hometown people on this show. Right. However, um, this is a non this is an inconsequential match. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, they have been splitting on matches. I don't think Oscar and Naomi have just been beating them on television. I think they have been splitting. Right. I think my I, I think Oscar definitely got the win. I will say that Asuka will get the Asuka lock on... Billy Kay? Yes. Yeah. That is my pick. So I'm picking Asuka and Naomi okay. to win this match. And I'm going with the Iconics. There you go. All right. Um, let us go with the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad. And well, I know I picked two women's matches in a row, but unfortunately, fine. of all the matches on this card... They have the littlest of consequences. I mean, there is there is a women's title match that is that way up there, major but I'm saying that of the rest of the matches, mm-hmm. I'm so we have the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad. This match was in jeopardy for a while because 
Liv Morgan was trying to pass through concussion protocol. We were trying to find ways of having alternatives for this. Right. I still have a feeling they are not going to have Liv Morgan do much. I'd be shocked if she even gets into the match, to be honest. Um, I mean, she may do stuff on the apron or in the corner where she just quickly tags out. I don't see her taking a ton of bumps in this match. I see uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot having to do most of the uh, work. Mm-hmm. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I would not be surprised if Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot beat up Brie Bella for most of this match. I would and be then, surprised to see Brie Bella be part of this match for very long. Well, what I'm saying is that I I will not be surprised if mm-hmm. they just leave her in there for a while to just yeah. get beat up. Because everybody wants to obviously see Ronda come in and finish the match. Correct. And they'll want Which Nikki Bella to get the hot tag. Right. So I realize that Ronda Rousey is going to finish the match, but Nikki Bella will end up. Or they will tag in and out. The actual Bellas will tag in and out. And then the hot tag will get to Ronda. Um, I think Ronda Rousey is going to put her arm lock on Sarah Logan. They already they already had her beat Ruby Riot. I think they need to keep Ruby Riot strong. Liv Morgan's not going to and go Liv Morgan's take bumps. not going to take bumps in this match. Or if she does, she'll only be in there to take the final lock because there's not a bump involved with that. She I can agree. just take the pin. But uh, I, I would like, have I, I would like, have Sarah Logan take the uh, Rousey lock for lock of better. Or basically, it's the arm bar, right? Yeah. So that's the finish I would do. I agree. Okay. I agree 100. percent um, I don't see Liv Morgan being in this match for very long. No. Uh, Ruby Riot already lost to to Ronda on Monday in a strong match. Okay. I think I, I, I don't know if we mentioned the fact that we both thought it was a strong match between the two. I think yes. we did, but just in case we didn't, mm-hmm. Ruby Riot and Ronda Rousey actually put on a decent match for and, what it needed to be. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. I see Sarah Logan going ahead and taking the the tap out for this. Um, however, I will say this. I don't think Brie Bell is going to be the baby face in Pearl. I think it's going to be Nikki. Okay. Yeah. However, I agree. Ronda's going to get the hot tag. Ronda's going to go ahead and finish off the job. See, I think they're going to have Brie get beat up, and then Nikki's going to come in and save the day, and then they'll have Nikki get beat up, and then... Ronda's going to come in. And then Ronda will get the... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's so, how I see it. Basically, what we're saying is that Ron is going to finish up the match, and we're basically trying to decipher between who's going to take more of the punishment. But I do think we're going to see Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot get a ton of offense in this match. Ruby in Riot, fact, for sure. In fact, I expect this match to be Ruby Riot showing that she's the best wrestler in that ring. Um. Yeah. Second best wrestler. Yeah. Well. Okay. I, I understand that Pure Ronda's wrestling. the champion, but as Pure a wrestling. but as an actual totally. wrestler, yeah. Ruby Riot's gonna do work. That's right? that's that's what they need to accomplish. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Uh, let's move to either the tag team match. Let's move to Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Elias and Kevin Owens. To me, this is very. I have some strong feelings about this match. I'm going to let you do that while I get a beverage. Fair enough. Um, listen, <laughs> yes, I just announced I'm getting a beverage. Do you want one, by the way? I'm okay, my friend. Thank okay. you so much. Right. Please come out. Okay. Um, Bobby Lashley and John Cena are going to win this match, and it's never been in jeopardy. It won't be in jeopardy, and it's really, really sad that it's not in jeopardy because Elias and Kevin Owens, with the work that they have done over the past couple of months, it's been unreal. It's been great. The reaction that they got on Monday Night in Seattle was unbelievable. I don't think that that'll make WWE management notice the fact that they are incredibly over and that they should beat Lashley and Cena. If anything, this is just going to lead 
to Lashley and Cena down the road. And Elias and Kevin Owens are the bait to all of this, which is really, really sad. Because to me, Elias and Kevin Owens are much better than this. Um, yeah, I, I just see... I'm trying to decipher as to whether or not who's going to get the final pin. Will it be Cena or will it be Lashley? Will we trying to go ahead and fight one another for it and whatnot? Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think KO is going to take the pin. So who you got? Who you got pinning KO? With where they are, I think it would make sense storyline-wise if you went ahead and put Lashley over KO. Okay. Um, I don't want that to happen in any way, shape, or form. It angers me even having to say that out loud, mm -hmm. but it's just the way that WWE works. So, I agree with you that Elias and Kevin Owens, mm -hmm. they probably should win this match. They have every right to. They have earned the win in this match. But they won't. I know they won't, which is stupid. Um, now, if John Cena was a full-time competitor... That'd be a different story. That would be a different story. Um, in fact, I would tell you that if John Cena was a full-time competitor, they should have Elias pin him clean. Agreed. They will not do that. Yeah. Um, I do think we are going to see Kevin Owens get pinned. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Have you missed John Cena over the past few months? Not really. Is that a? And that's and that's not it. And that's not. It's not an indictment against him. No, it's a matter of there are so many other things going on. Which is a great change of pace. It is. It's, I feel good for Cena because Cena has been able to finally take that break that to me he has earned mm -hmm. for a long time. And it finally, WWE is finally proving to itself that we don't need John Cena anymore. Yes. Can, now John Cena can do whatever he actually wants, which is fantastic. Which is why that promo about him basically belittling Roman Reigns always bugged me. But it was, there was a lot of truth in that promo. That, that's fine, but you just, you just didn't like the breaking of the floor. No, I just much. no, I just don't like that Cena still thinks he's the that step. that he's. Let me put it this way: We haven't had John Cena regularly on television in how many months? Uh, I mean, John Cena's last appearance was the Greatest Royal Rumble. I haven't missed him. Have you? That's why I asked. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's not, a, again, it's not an indictment against no. him. It's just the fact that we have finally gotten to a point where we can be able to move on. John Cena can do his part-time shtick and be able to do things outside of a WWE ring. And we have been able to, and WWE has finally taught us to be able to move on to better, to not better performers, but to performers who are out in the ring full-time basis that we can learn to appreciate. Uh, I'm here to tell you right now, John Cena's getting the pen. And he's going to pin Kevin Owens clean with an AA. It's going to happen. That way, Kevin Owens can say, Bobby Lashley didn't pin me. Yeah. Cena did. And Cena's already pinned Owens before. So that way, you save Elias, you save Lashley, and KO can take the pin. Telling you right now, nice. Cena's going to win with one AA. It's going to happen. Okay. After Bobby Lashley hits him with the uh, spear. Okay. It's going to happen. I, I think I'm just saying. I, I think Lashley's going to be... I, I think Lash is going to pin KO. But at the end of the to day, me, Bobby Lashley and John Cena are going to be Kevin Owens. Well, well, to me, here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. To me, if you do that, that's the end of that feud. Ah, uh, okay. Which I'm fine with, but I don't think that's their plan. Oh, uh, okay. I see so, what you mean. Because to me, KO has no defense if he loses. Agreed. To Lashley, I should say. At least if he loses to Cena, 
he doesn't have to wrestle Cena the next week. You know what I'm saying? That, that we think of, yeah. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, let us move to... I cannot believe I'm saying this, but on this show, it's the Cruiserweight title. Fair enough. We have Cedric Alexander, who has been champion since... Mania? WrestleMania, yeah. No. Yeah. WrestleMania, the title was vacant. Vacated. Yeah. And he beat Mustafa. Correct. In a really good match. Last time Mustafa was relevant, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Because he has that stupid gimmick on 205 Live where he's too reckless with with Hideo Itami, of all people. Anyway, so uh, this is Cedric Alexander against the juggernaut of the Cruiserweights, which, by the way, it's not similar to the King of the Cruiserweights gimmick, but it's very close. Right. Uh, Buddy Murphy, which, by the way, um, this feud goes back five months been going off I had totally forgot time. that these two had a match five months ago. What a difference it makes for Buddy Murphy from five months ago to now. Agreed. Um, other than Drew Gulak, I would say Buddy Murphy's the best heel on that brand. For sure. Um, they have really built Gallag- up Buddy Murphy. Gallagher and uh, Gallagher is not up there yet. Correct. And neither is Kendrick. Although Kendrick's going to turn babyface. But yeah. at that time. Um they have almost told you that you should think Buddy Murphy's going to win this match. Right, which is the exact reason why you don't shouldn't think that Buddy Murphy's going to win this However, match. I thought Cedric Alexander was due for a loss against okay. Gulak. That did not saying. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think they want Cedric Alexander to hold this belt for almost a year. I think Buddy Murphy is the perfect person to beat him. Mm-hmm. It's in his home country. I think they're going to have a major pop for a hometown guy on this show. I think they are going to have Buddy Murphy beat Cedric Alexander and become the new Cruiserweight Champion. I love your pick. I think you make valid points. I think Cedric Alexander is going to defend the title. And it's nothing against Buddy Murphy. It's just for whatever reason, I feel like WWE is in love and enamored with Cedric Alexander. Um, I really do think that they are thinking in the back of their heads that if anybody should be the Cruiserweight Champion, it is Drew Gulak. And I think that they want to give him the reins. Um, And as much as Buddy Murphy has earned this spot... I understand what you think about a pop, and I think that it'd be a big pop. I just, I don't know, man. Cedric Alexander, I think, is too high up on the WWE food chain in 205 Live that they're not ready to let him go yet. That's fair. Yeah. Um, There are going to be some big pop moments on this show. Oh, yeah. I think the Australia crowd is going to pop huge for The Undertaker. I think this crowd is going to pop huge for Buddy Murphy. For Daniel Bryan? I do think this crowd is going to pop enormously big for Daniel Bryan. Uh, I also think that they are going to cheer the Shield. And legitimately boo the Dogs of War. I think they will too. Yeah. Strowman's not going to get any big pops. I I don't think so. Now, I may be wrong... But it, I think that will be the case. Well, if you look at the Greatest Royal Rumble, golly, who was the most over person in the Royal Rumble match? 
It wasn't Strowman. Titus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but legitimately, it had to be between Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle. Or, you know what? It's freaking Chris Jericho. Yes. It really was Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And Randy Orton got to, got a big pop when he came out through. These places, I don't know about Melbourne per se. I think Melbourne's got a lot of hardcores out there. Um, Who I think... So I... Melbourne, Australia is very similar to the UK, so I think that Daniel Bryan's going to go ahead and get some loudness. I think Triple H is going to get some loudness. I think Undertaker obviously is. Um, I think Strowman will. I think they'll boo Ziggler and McIntyre, but the Shield, heck, don't be surprised if Roman comes in and he gets his butt booed too. He doesn't get booed when he comes out with the other two. The Shield gets cheered. True. Well, then. I'm glad they still don't come out from the. Well. I shouldn't say that. No, the shield will come out through the crowd. It's going to be a long walk. Although, yeah, they because... They did it at WrestleMania. Twice. Right, but the one in New York, they came out from the lower bowl. So it really wasn't that big of a... True. So I don't I, I don't remember the arena. It, it, uh, I mean, freaking Roman came out through the crowd at WrestleMania 31 in San Francisco. That was a long ugh, walk. Brutal. Yeah. Well, speaking of which... We got Shield versus Braun versus Ziggy versus McIntyre in a six-man tag. Six-man tag. So uh, this is... Is this the first Shield pay-per-view match since before Dean got hurt? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, so we have the Universal title that is worn by Roman. We have the Intercontinental title, which is worn by Seth. And the other tag team titles, which are held by McIntyre and Ziggler. So, as we mentioned several times on this show, this involves the top six guys on Raw. They are in the most prolific segments. They're arguably in the most important segments. And it's finally culminating in a six man tag at this pay per view. So, when The Shield first showed up, uh, they beat up Ryback uh, in a match that involved him and CM Punk. And they've been a force ever since. And they broke them up. They put them back together. They've all been world champion, which actually, I believe they were all world champion on the same night. Because um, Rollins beat Roman, and then Dean cashed in on Rollins. One of the greatest moments of Money in the Bank history. Loved it. Loved Dean being the champion that night. Or, I should say, at the end of that night. Mm -hmm. So, you've got this power group that's been running around as three legitimate superstars. For five years. For five years, they were a group, and they're megastars. Again, it's amazing what happens when you just have people win matches. Mm -hmm. So, you have this power group for the last five years. Yeah. And really, the only thing that has stopped them has been themselves. One team has beaten them flat out. It was... The Wyatt family. Ah, in one of the best matches in Elimination Chamber history. In one of the greatest matches ever. One of the greatest... To me, the... hmm. Back when when Rowan was wearing the gas station attendant gear. That is correct. (laughs) The... Best six-man tag match of all time. It's and bold, that's but say- I like it. That it's, and that's saying something because the matches with Evolution were... 
Wyatt matches were better. Especially the one at Chamber. The, yeah, no, the Chamber mm-hmm. match is the best. How I mean, let's not take that. Let's not take away the fact that the Extreme Rule that, that the match at Extreme Rules versus the Evolution and the match at Payback at, versus Evolution was great. But you're right, and the Wyatt family match was amazing. And they're going up against Braun Strowman, yep, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Three of the best Raw has to offer. So this we, is a, this match is a toss up. To so me. we know that Braun's not getting pinned. No, we know Roman's not getting pinned. Yep, and the way they have booked him, McIntyre is not getting pinned. If anything, McIntyre might get the pin. So we had McIntyre and Ziggler defend their Raw Tag Team Championships. Rollins and Ambrose did not win. Mm-hmm. When Braun and Roman had their match, it was interrupted by Brock. Yep. So we did not get a finish. And Rollins took the pin in the tag match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Right. I'm going to confidently say that in a scrum, in a very competitive match, in a match that, Might dare I so. say, maybe match of the night, mm-hmm. I think McIntyre's going to pin Ambrose. It's bold. Because the storyline has been that Ambrose is the, quote, weak link. Yeah. And they also did a thing where Ziggler was considered the weak link. Mm-hmm. So, I may end up changing my mind in the middle of this because they may have Ziggler pin Ambrose. How interesting would that be? They may do the zigzag Claymore finish. You know what? I changed my mind. (laughs) I've changed my mind already. Because they've said that Ziggler was the weak link in the group, what's what's to squash that immediately and say, zigzag into the Claymore and Ziggler pins Ambrose clean. I would love that. I changed my vote in 30 seconds. Love there you it. go. Too sweet. So, I do think the team of Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre are winning this match. Okay. I think it leads up to Crown Jewel, which is in a couple of... It'll be a, a little less than a month. Okay. Golly, so, I think that keeps that strong. Way. Um... I think it still keeps the whole Dean Ambrose being the weak link turmoil thing in play. Mm-hmm. I think it gets Ziggler back on the firm good foot with his two teammates that seemingly keep winning matches or just keep being dominant. Yeah, I mean he's I mean Ziggler's lost twice in a row. He lost to Rollins and now he lost to Reigns. So I think Ziggler needs a win here. For and sure. I think he's gonna pin Ambrose. Okay. That's, I love your choice. That's my pick. I I'm sticking to it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Right. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. You're going to pick Dean to pin Braun clean, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Listen, man. They tend. What I tend to notice is that when they go out to an international show, they tend to pick the baby faces. Okay. Um, I think that right now that's no expe- exception. I think that Shield is going to beat them. Uh. Roman's gonna pit. Roman's gonna pin Ziggler. And it, even though we just saw that finish on Raw. Yeah, but I mean, who's who's Roman gonna pin? I mean, we, you really think that they'll put him over McIntyre? Maybe, but they shouldn't. And he darn sure ain't gonna be put over Braun. No way. Okay. So I mean, who is the least expendable person on the Dogs of War? 
Ziggler, Ziggler. unfortunately, hmm? unfortunately, and that's what very it's very incredibly frustrating. Um, but I just don't see. I don't see the Shield's first match on pay per view since last year being a loss. Okay. In in an international territory. It's fair. So, that's that's me. Um, I'd love to see Braun Ziggler and McIntyre pull it out. I just knowing WWE's way of going about things. Okay. That's all. Um, let's go with. Well, I would go with what is the main event of the show, but I, since I think it's going to be the main event of the show, I'm we saving it for, for last. last. Yeah. Becky Lynch and Charlotte. This has potential of being way better than Hell in a Cell. It does. Um, I think Becky Lynch is going to get cheered. And oh, yeah. I, and, I, and I think Charlotte is maybe not necessarily going to get booed. I think there's going to be cheer both ways, but it's going to be much louder on Becky's end. Um, I'm trying to put words to what I think about this match. I, I, I think they need to be very careful in this match. And the reason I say that is because... They have got to stick to Becky Lynch being the heel. They have to stick to it. And I and I feel like what happens is they're hearing her get cheered and they're wavering. Right. And they're going like all of her promos and stuff are very heelish. Yeah. Okay. She's she's doing fine. She's doing her job. She's doing but, set, her fire her, her promos have been fire. But they need to have Becky Lynch work heel. Yeah. And they need to have Charlotte be the babyface in peril. And I think what they and I think my issue is going to be that they are going to have Becky Lynch work babyface in this match, and that's a mistake. I think they're going to tell the story that Charlotte's the better wrestler, and that Becky's going to have to try and. Just Which beat is her. so dumb because just at Hell in a Cell, they just proved to us that Becky was the better wrestler. I agree. So it's just so don't do this whole flip or flop thing. But I agree with you that they're going to do that. Um, personally, I don't think there's any reason to take the belt off of Becky Lynch this early in her run. Let me tell you something. They've done some very surprising things though in the past. I mean, they hit us with Becky actually winning at Hell in a Cell and neither of us expected and that. And they had Asuka losing at WrestleMania to Charlotte, which right. I know some people actually a lot of people did call that, but um I figured they were going to wait to put somebody else in that spot. Right. Um I expect this to be very competitive. I do too. Um I expect Charlotte to get a few near falls. Mm-hmm. Um I expect Becky to put I expect Charlotte to get out of the disarmor in this match. That'd be pretty intense. Um, and then maybe Becky finishes her off with something. Um, I do think there's going to be a spot where she does a Bexploder and Charlotte gets hurt. Um, I think that will be part of the match. I think Bexploder from the top rope would be something pretty good. Wow. That would be intense. Yeah. Um, I do think... Unfortunately, I do think Becky Lynch is going to win clean. I think they need to say that... Now, I would have had the match be... I I believe at Hell in a Cell I predicted a disqualification win. That is correct. Um, which would have meant that Charlotte would have kept the title because she was champion. I'm sorry. I keep messing that up. Becky wanted it. 
Hell in a Cell. Correct. Okay. So I would have had Becky win it at this show. Or I would have had her win it at Evolution. Well, here's the thing. I think that this feud has gotten to the point where you cannot think of anything else that has the right to main event evolution. This match is going to main event evolution. If it doesn't, it's a travesty. Um, in order for this match to continue on the trend that it's on, I think that we are going to see a DQ finish. I think Becky's going to get herself disqualified. I don't think Be- Becky... Becky's angry. Becky's emotional. Becky's going to beat the snot out of Charlotte with a chair. Okay. And uh, I think that we're going to see Becky get disqualified, and I think we're going to get the rematch as the main event at Evolution. Fair enough. I I genuinely think that. Um, I think that this has the potential to be one of the better matches of the night, just like it was at Hell in a Cell. Um, Yeah, listen... They're taking us on a ride. It's, the ride's going a little bit quicker than what I want, but it's okay because they. I think they've done really, really well. They need to stick to ba- to Becky being the heel. They do. Unless, I mean, she. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's doing. She's such a great face. Yeah, she but really again, uh, again, they. But they had her turn heel, mm-hmm. and they and, and they just need to stick to it. Um, I could see Becky Lynch um, cheating and winning. Okay. Uh, but I do think she's winning this match. I don't think there's going to be a DQ. Okay. I think she is going to win, uh, even if it's by underhanded tactics. Okay. Uh, we have... The tag team title match. Yes. Let's get that out of the way right the now. The New Day versus The Bar. I'm going with The Bar, man. Is there any particular reason you have The Bar? You know what? Mind you, they did win on SmackDown. Yeah. Or, or they did leave the babyfaces laying on SmackDown. Totally understand it. But the thing is that I think that they've gotten to the point that they need to realize that Big E need is bigger than the New Day at this point. Or not, not bigger than the New Day, but Big E... Or actually, I said this to you a few weeks ago. The New Day, to me, have eclipsed the tag team division. And they need to be taken seriously as main event players. With Biggie at the forefront, yes, but the whole team I think has earned a shot at the main event. Um, and what better way to have them transition out of that than towards the fall, and then see how they do, and then if once they get to Mer- WrestleMania season, then you go ahead and say, okay, let's take the New Day a little bit more seriously as we go. So Cesaro and Sheamus um, are a great tag team who can continue to dominate and um, continue the tag team resistance or renaissance I should say the tag team renaissance that they have been on the past year and a half Um, the crowd loves them Cesaro and Sheamus are amazing Cesaro's Cesaro and Sheamus are each other's best tag team partners ever and I know that Sheamus had never won a tag team title before before he won with, with Cesaro however those two together are just amazing. Like, they're better than Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. To me. Um, and if anybody's going to beat the New Day, it should be a team that's established. Who knows what they're doing. Who has great chemistry. And who's physically on point with them. And that's Cesaro and Sheamus to me. So, 
I had to look this up yeah. because I'm actually very surprised. Mm-hmm. The New Day have only been champions for 44 days. Yeah, I mean, it's been since the night after SummerSlam. Feels like they've been tag team champions for much longer it's than because that. Because they are five-time tag champions. They have been... Three times on SmackDown and twice on Raw. Correct. And and their, twi- and, and their second reign on Raw was the longest reign in modern history. By the way, we had three title changes at SummerSlam and one the Thursday or the Tuesday after SummerSlam. Well, we had more than that. We had the Universal Championship change hands. Mm-hmm. We had the Raw Women's title change hands. IC we had title. SmackDown and the IC title. And then the SmackDown Tag Team Championships changed hands the Tuesday after that. So that was five in the span. Okay, hold on. Hours. What else changed that day? The IC title. The Raw Women's Championship. The Raw. Universal title. Yep. As SmackDown tag, the SmackDown Women's title. Charlotte beat uh, Carmella. That's that's all right. Out. Yeah. So 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 that reign for Charlotte is not very long. No. Okay. It was a month, if that. Okay, so here's my point. Yeah. I think you're right. Thank you. The New Day don't need the tag team titles. They don't. And listen, what they've done for the tag team division over the past three years is amazing. Like, I would have just had the bar beat the Bludgeon Brothers at that rate. Then you would have had to figure out whether or not you want to turn the Bludgeon Brothers face or you want to chain, turn the bar face. Well, I mean, you don't have to have... You don't have to. You don't. Yeah, I you mean, don't. I mean, you, I, mean the, I think heel-heel matches are probably tougher than babyface-babyface matches. I think the crowd would have gone ahead and chosen Sheamus and Cesaro to cheer for over the Bludgeon Brothers. Personally. Just because of Cesaro. I think we're going to see the bar win, too. I'm, would you be mad at it? I wouldn't. I'm trying to think because it's because it's the gag for the for the team. I think they're gonna have the small guys wrestle. I don't think Big E's gonna wrestle. You think they're gonna have Kofi and Z and X? I do. Really? Okay. Didn't didn't Kofi and X beat the Bludgeon Brothers? They did. Yeah. No, you, you're right, but I don't think Big E's gonna wrestle on this show. I don't know about that, man, because Big E and Sheamus have some wicked chemistry. It's true. You know why wouldn't you go ahead and put those two big hosses together? It's true. I, I think if you went with X and Big E versus, obviously, Cesaro and Sheamus, I think that's the winning combination right there, personally. I mean, you could go but with... But Kofi uh, would sell, like, crazy for Sheamus. He'd sell crazy for him. Because Kofi's the best seller of the three, by far. So you'd go with Big E and Kofi? No, I'd go with Big E and X. What I'm saying is, it wouldn't surprise me if they did what you're saying of having... X and Kofi, mm-hmm. because Kofi would sell like crazy for she- for mm-hmm. for Sheamus. I think it'd be sick. Uh personally, like Co- okay, Kofi would look. Their like move, got- their move off the top rope is Cesaro elbowing into the backbreaker. Right, that's their finisher. Because Sheamus holds him, and Cesaro does the elbow. Right, or is it the other way around? I thought their finisher was Sheamus held him and Cesaro hit the elbow. No, 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 no. What it is 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 I, I thought it was Sheamus going for white noise and then Cesaro jumping off. Wasn't that it? That's possible too. Yeah. I always thought the way I described it was better. Because he used to do that Irish curse backbreaker 
Yeah. I would do the elbow into the backbreaker instead of white noise. Mm -hmm. Because white noise is basically just that move that Finley used to do. Yeah. So I would do the backbreaker because that's that's a much better finisher to me. I agree. Um, I mean, it's not it's not the zigzag into the claymore good, but nothing is zigzag into the claymore good, with the exception of the shatter machine from the revival. Oh, I love the shatter machine. Shatter I wish those two were treated better. Um, so. So is that our first agreement of the night? No, we've had other agreements. Oh no, you're right. We we agreed Ronda and the Bell Twins. So we've got the bar. We do have the bar. I love it. I listen, man. Okay. They've been mistreated since WrestleMania. I read an interesting fact: the bar have not won a pay per view match since losing to Braun and losing to Nicholas at at summer at WrestleMania. That's disgusting. Isn't that? It is just terrible. Oh. It's freaking <laughs> irritating. Dude. It makes me laugh, actually. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, it's Daniel Bryan and the Miz. Well, yeah, you can't put I them above the, Dan- the above the WWE title. Well, match. especially since we were saying Triple H and Undertaker is going to be the main event, which right. I'm telling you right now, it is. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel Bryan and the Miz. Uh, this is for the number one contendership for the WWE title. Uh, the Miz has won both matches in this. I realize Maurice pinned Brie Bella, but it was Maurice's team that won. So The Miz has two wins over Daniel Bryan. That's that's what he can claim now. Right. Um, it, in, in this feud. Right. Um, there are lots of variables in this match because there is a WWE title match, and whoever wins this match faces the winner of the WWE title match. Correct. We just don't know when exactly. Yes. Um, there was controversy at the end of the WWE title match, which is setting up this match being no contest, no disqualification. Okay. That being AJ and Joe. Right. Uh, Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Like I said, Miz already has two wins over Daniel Bryan. So um, they they slapped the number one contendership onto this match, haphazardly, in my opinion. But it's here, and it's now. And uh, I've decided... That I am going with the outcome that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Okay. Because I think I know where this is going. I'm going to say, sadly, that we're going to have a no finish. Oh. I hate it. I really do. I hate it. However, I liked your idea. Of the Fatal 4-Way? So I'm sticking with it. Yeah, they, well, you know what? If that happens, and there's I'll... Only, and, there's only, and there's only one way to actually complete half of that. It's And that's to have this match be a no contest. I agree. Which, and you obviously don't want to give away the, what the other half has to be until we get to that point. So... I would love for that to happen. As much as I'm... I think Daniel Bryan's going to be in a position mm-hmm. to cheat. And he's not going to take And he's finish. not going to. And Daniel... Or, and Miz is going to do... So So Miz is going to be on his last leg. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Bryan has a chance to beat him, but can't put him away clean. And so he's going to think about doing... He's, he's basically going to pull the Johnny Gargano. He's going to say, well, I don't want to cheat, 
They don't want to cheat. And then the other guy takes advantage of it. And in the Gargano feud, Ciampa won. In this, I think Miz will do like a below the belt shot or something along the lines where Daniel Bryan will not reach a 10 count. And neither will Miz. And we're going to see a... We're going to... We're going to see a no contest. We're going to see both men not count 10, whether it be outside or inside the ring. Mm-hmm. They're going to come back on SmackDown. They're going to say they want a rematch. And Paige is going to say there's going to be the two of them in a match with the WWE champion. And that's how they're going to set that up. I'm quite surprised you're going with I that I can't outcome. believe I'm going with a no contest. But guess what? I went through all the variables and I can't... I can't see a situation. I mean, unless they're just saying that the match is TBD to be determined and they just save it. And I don't think they're going to do that. Well, here's the thing. You. You either saying, not you, but. Here's, you've got a couple of different situations. Either you just go ahead and end the feud between Daniel Bryan and The Miz by having Daniel Bryan win the last match that they have. And then he becomes the number one contender. And then he enters the WWE title picture. And then his feud with The Miz is over. I guess you could say that. But I think that the Australia show is too small of a show to have this rivalry end. Then you've got the other outcome of you have flat out Miz beating Daniel Bryan. Now I... Three consecutive times. That's a lot. Hmm? You know? I mean, are they really willing to do that? Maybe. It'd be crazy. And heck, I even came up with this idea when you and I were discussing this prior to going on air. Um, I, I can't see WWE doing it. Because it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. But because I like hot takes, I'm going to go ahead and take The Miz over Daniel Bryan clean. It's bold. It is bold. It's bold. Um, And the crowd would absolutely hate it. Hate it. And I think that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As much as I love my idea of having the Fatal 4-Way, I mean, you could still get away. Actually, you know what? Here's what I'll say. Miz will win, not clean yet again. Which in turn will allow Miz to be the number one contender to the WWE Championship. And then have some type of weirdness go on where you have Daniel Bryan get mixed in there. Which leads us to our second to last pick. Which is the WWE title match itself. AJ versus Joe. AJ versus Joe. And no this, count out, no disqualification. Match, I'm gonna tell by you this way. right now. This match is harder to pick than Daniel Bryan and Miz. And Daniel Bryan and Miz was hard to pick for me. So this is no count out, no disqualification because yeah. of how the last match ended with Samoa Joe having AJ Styles in the Kukina clutch. AJ rolling Joe onto his shoulders. Before the three count happens, he visually tapped on camera. The ref did not see it. So AJ won the match. Joe flipped backstage. Uh, Paige gave him the match. Um, And then there was all the promos about him going to the Styles household, which is hilarious. 
So styles on the mail. So this is a basically as the old uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper would say, this is uh, there must be a winner match. Basically, Um, there's not going to be a non finish. Um, It's not that there's no like. I remember the old WCW no run ins. Awesome. Let's say this right now. TNA. Miz wins the number one contendership. He's getting involved in this match. Okay. So, uh, Joe has now lost to AJ Styles twice. No. Even though he can say... he won, I mean, he won at SummerSlam. Because AJ was the one that got disqualified. But, yeah. He's had two matches with him. He's not won the WWE. So, one's been a disqualification. One's been a schmoz finish. Correct. Okay. So... Wow. Uh, okay, you want a hot take? Here's a hot take. AJ's beaten him. AJ's beaten him. And I think we're going to see the AJ Styles in the last man standing match versus Nakamura. He's going to go all out. Uh, we may even see a nut shot in this match from AJ Styles, like punt style. And I'll laugh for two minutes again like I did in the Nakamura match. Um, AJ Styles has been champion for 331 days when he beat Jinder Mahal in uh, England, right? Yeah, London? Manchester. Manchester, thank you. Not London, Manchester. Um, I don't think they're going to have Joe beat him. Man. And I'll tell you why. Because... Daniel Bryan versus... If AJ the idea is that AJ's got to lose it to the right guy at this point, I don't think Joe's that guy. Now, that doesn't mean that this is the last chance for Joe at the title. Okay. Because he technically has a win over him, mm-hmm. and he can say that Schmaz, whatever. Um, I think this is going to be a brutal match. Um, I think somebody's going to get busted open hard way. Again? Not, uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think there's going to be a crazy spot involving maybe a urinagi through a table. Um, I could see... I could see 450 through the broadcasting. I could see that too. Um, I think that... Um, I think it's going to be very physical. Um, I could see this being one of the longer matches on the card. Oh, it's going to go 25 minutes easy. Um... Absolutely. I have a feeling that there's going to be a match that goes over 30 because they're just going to be that slow. I'm just telling you now. Don't be surprised. It'll be smoke and mirrors. They'll have the other two guys get involved. I'm just telling you now. I will not Super be surprised. Super kicks galore. Super kicks, choke slams, you know, the works. Old school, maybe 27 times. Just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, I'm picking AJ to win this match. Um, I know that's at the expense of Joe, but I think they have plans of AJ losing to somebody else. And I don't think that Joe is involved in that. And I think AJ is going to retain. But I think we're going to see an AJ Styles that just... Completely snaps. Like, just not not turns heel, but just snaps. Right. It's hard for me to pick this one, man. It's hard for me. And Especially after you picked Joe on the last pay-per-view. I did. I picked Joe to win the WWE title, and I just picked The Miz to beat Daniel Bryan for the number one contendership, which I'm kind of debating. <laughs> no, no, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it because, again, 
I'm gonna take I'm gonna take AJ. Okay. I, I'm gonna take AJ, and I don't. I don't want to. You don't like it. I don't like it. I okay. love AJ Styles. But storyline-wise, Samoa Joe has done everything in his... Has done everything mm-hmm. to be WWE champion. Um, and... Boy, oh boy. Is this hard for me to pick. But yeah, no, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with AJ. AJ's going to win... Somehow, some way, we'll end up getting a multiple man match between the four of these guys. Some I don't know when, I don't know where, but it'd be the best thing for business when you take the biggest people on SmackDown, put them in one match for the title. Fireworks will happen. But with that said, AJ versus Samoa Joe. I'm going to take AJ in a slaughter knocker and in what I think will be the match of the night. Mm, you know what? No, no, no. Daniel Bryan and the Miz is going to be in the match of the night. I'm going to say that. I All think right. I, I think Daniel Bryan and the Miz are going to outdo their SummerSlam performance. And finally, the main event of the show: Triple H with HBK and his corner versus the Dead Man, yep. Big Evil, the Undertaker with uh, Corporate Kane, or I should say, the Demon Kane in his corner. Here's another hot take for you. Talk to me, bro. There is absolutely, under no circumstance, mm-hmm. that this match will not end one way and one way only. Which is... Undertaker wins. By the way, hold on for one second. I don't know what this is. You remember T.I.? Yes. He's got a song called Undertaker. Hold on for one second. See, Undertaker. I just need to go ahead and play that for you because I forgot wow. to go with Undertaker. That was a gigantic no. waste of 45 seconds. I apologize, so, but it was the whole point. I just wanted to show you. You're so, going to go with the Undertaker. So here's, here's, here's why it's a hot take, because okay. I really have not much to add to this match. Right. I think this is going to be the last match on the show. Uh-huh. I think this match is going over 30 minutes. Do you think that this match is going to be better than what we expect? I think it's going to be very slow. Okay. I think it's going to be very methodical. Okay. I think we're going to see HBK and Kane get heavily involved. Okay. Um, I think that... If you look back at the entirety of the feud of Triple H versus The Undertaker after all these years, mm-hmm. for the most part, The Undertaker wins. Okay, so here's the thing. Because if you remember, when Triple H was the king of Raw, mm-hmm. The Undertaker was on SmackDown. Correct. Um, although Undertaker was on Raw in 2002 before... Triple H came back, and then I believe they moved him to the other show. Undertaker beat Triple H for the WWE title in 2002. Okay. So my point is that I'm also a big fan of there being one guy on the roster. Yeah. And I apologize. That was inaccurate. 
Hulk Hogan beat Triple H. Undertaker and then Undertaker beat, beat Hulk. Hulk Hogan. And then there was a match between Undertaker and Triple H, and Triple H did not beat Undertaker. Undertaker defended, Undertaker defended that title. Carry on. I believe sorry. The Undertaker ended up losing to Brock Lesnar. Undertaker lost the title to The Rock. Oh, and then Brock Lesnar beat The Rock. That is That's correct. Right. And the only reason why Undertaker lost the title to The Rock was because under uh, was because The Rock pinned Kurt Angle in a triple threat, which was one of the greatest triple Vengeance? Yes. I remember that match. That was a great match. One of the better triple threat matches ever. That was the... Wait, I thought Undertaker got pinned in that match. No, 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 no. No, Undertaker had a chance to break it up at the very last second. And that didn't. is correct. That's right. If I'm not mistaken, in that match, we saw Rock hit a choke slam. Stunner? And I was going to say, so Rock hit a choke slam, Angle hit the Rock bottom, Undertaker hit the Angle slam. Wow. Oh, what? Back when it was, back when it was, yeah. That, that's, I, I, I just got pumped up over it's that. It's true. Jeez. So. I'm a big fan of there being one guy on the roster you just can't beat. Right. You've mentioned that on a couple of different And I always thought that Brock Lesnar's kryptonite should have been Goldberg. Correct. Which is why I would have not Stone had... Cold, uh, Rock's, Rock's kryptonite should have always been Stone Cold. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think Triple H's kryptonite should be Undertaker. Fair enough. Um, now, I understand that this is supposed to be their last match ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time we had a guy... That it was a once in a lifetime feud. They had Triple H beat him. Sting. Unbelievable. Sting's first match in the WWE, and they just have him lose. Right. I, I, I just. Thanks. For I would that. like to clarify that Shawn Michaels had a lot to do with that match. Well, so did DX, and so did the NWO. No, I understand so. that, but single handedly, Shawn Michaels was the one that super kicked Sting. Uh, I. Sting should not have lost that match. I agree. No, no, I agree. It, it was the whole. St- it was, I didn't listen. I, w- I didn't want Sting to win that match, but I knew Sting was, should have won that match. It was the whole them getting one up on a company they beat fifteen years ago again. It, it was it was stupid. It's really dumb. so. Personally, uh, I would love the Undertaker to win so that Triple H has to cut a promo on TV saying that he still lost to him. I think I think that's better than Triple H cutting a promo saying that he retired the Undertaker, especially since the Undertaker should have already retired with Roman Reigns beating him. Right. But that being said, um, this is going to close the show. You need to make the fans happy. This is the first time Undertaker has wrestled on their soil, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You need to have Undertaker win this match. Um. Period. I think that Undertaker is going to win this match too, but for different reasons. I think that they're really pushing towards this Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels match again, mm-hmm. and I think that we're going to see this as a way of HBK getting getting vengeance at some point. Mm-hmm. So, what better way to get vengeance when your friend goes down in the line of battle? Okay. Um. I think this match is going to be a little bit better than what we expect. Um, you were talking about slow and methodical. Their WrestleMania 28 match was slow and methodical. But again, they don't have the luxury of creating bells and whistles. One thing that they think, I feel like they should have done is made this match a no-holds-barred match. Mm-hmm. But again, that would have been too similar to their match at WrestleMania 27 10 years ago. Um, I apologize. Um, 
I think Undertaker wins with with the Tombstone. I think that Shawn Michaels is going to get heavily involved as well. I think you're going to see HBK nail the Undertaker with a super kick. Um, don't be super. Actually, you know what? Not only am I going to say that, I think we're going to see the super kick into the pedigree combo, and Undertaker's going to kick out again. That's um, bold. I, I they I, did that finish at WrestleMania 28. 20, and, it, and it's one of the greatest markout moments in WrestleMania history. But I think it's going to happen. Yes. I think the referee is going to be completely turned around with Kane. Shawn Michaels is going to get in the ring. He's going to level him. Undertaker, uh, Triple H is going to go ahead and put him in the pedigree. And he's going to kick out. Um, I think Undertaker is going to win. I don't think Undertaker should win. I think... I mean, I'm I'm not saying that Triple H needs to be put over. However, Undertaker beat Triple H at WrestleMania three times. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point something's got to give. Mm-hmm. You know, just have I don't know. This, again, this match shouldn't even be happening to begin with. This match has no reason to be main eventing the show, but. You might as well make the right decision. You might as well have Undertaker beat Triple H. I'm I'm just a big fan of, and this doesn't have to be every show, mm-hmm. but I'm a big fan of uh, leaving the crowd happy to end the show. I agree. No, no, I couldn't agree with you. More. I'm not saying they're not going to be happy. They messed up at Backlash by having Roman go over Samoa Joe. Yeah. But, again, that also should not have been the main event of that show. I couldn't agree with you more. But... Main event should have been Nakamura and AJ. I agree. Yeah. So, but with the layout of this pay-per-view, I think Undertaker wins. So let's do a quick recap, and then we will close the show for the night. It's been a very long show. It has been, but you know what? We needed to go full in-depth. This is WrestleMania caliber. Yeah. It's true. You know? Uh, so... Um, I'm just going to go in order from the Wikipedia sheet I have in front of me. Yes. So, uh, we have both picked The Undertaker. Correct. Uh, we have both picked Bobby Lashley and John Cena. Yes. To beat Elias and Owens. You have Lashley pinning Owens. I have Cena pinning Owens. Uh, I have a no contest for Brian and Miz. You have The Miz winning. Correct. You have The Shield winning. Mm-hmm. I have Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre winning. I have Ziggler pinning Ambrose. You have... Reigns picking, uh, pinning Ziggler. Okay. We both picked the Bella Twins and Rousey over the Riot Squad. I have Rousey putting the lock on Logan. So do I. Okay. I have AJ retaining over Joe. I believe you do as well. Unfortunately. Okay. You have Cedric Alexander retaining. I have Buddy Murphy becoming the new Cruiserweight Champion. I'll be really happy to see if that actually We gets both me. picked The Bar to be our new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I love it. Uh, I will say... I will say Sheamus pins... I'll say Sheamus pins either Kofi or Xavier, whichever one wrestles. I think... Yeah, I don't, I'm telling you this right now. Biggie's not going to get pinned. No, which is why... Okay, so if I'm saying Kofi and X are wrestling, I'll say Woods gets pinned. Okay. So I'll say Sheamus pins Woods. I will say Sheamus pins Kofi just because it, okay. I think uh, Kofi selling for the bro kick would be... 
Uh, Asuka's going to put the Asuka lock on Billy Kay. I have the Iconics beating Naomi. I have, I'm sorry, Peyton Royce pinning Naomi. Okay. I'm going to go with the Iconics here. And uh, I believe we both have Becky Lynch beating Charlotte. No, no, no. Uh, I think Becky's going to get disqualified. Oh, so you have Charlotte winning. I have Becky winning. Correct. Okay. But I, I have Becky retaining, just I think she's going to... So... Very different picks to what we had for Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, you and I were basically on the same page for a lot. Except of you picked Joe. Correct. I think there might have been one other match, but regardless. Well, no, no. I think um, the only difference was the way that we picked our Becky and Charlotte Oh, match. that's right. You yeah. picked right. Yeah. So, and, I, and by the way, you never acknowledged this, but I did say Rollins was going to take the pin from uh, in that match. You did. And he um, did. I believe you actually took acknowledgement on that show. I so apologize. Instead of, no, instead of me giving it, you just took it. That's fine. Right. I'd rather, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather you just take it than me just admit <laughs> I was wrong. That's all. I feel like such a douche. <laughs> so, um, oh man. So that's so that's the show, everybody. That is the show. Um, I wanna I wanna recap once again. This is the double turn podcast. Double this turn has been podcast. The J Man and Boss Ross. I'm pretty sure I said that at the top of the show. Yeah. You can find us at Spotify. Yeah. By the way, Andres isn't here with us anymore, just in case you guys were curious. No narrators, no no yep. weird noises. He went to Betty Poop. Betty Poo. Yes. Also, there was a weird 45 seconds of T.I. I can't get back, but, you know. Again, it, the song is called The Undertaker. We were talking about The Undertaker, and I just wanted to go ahead and really put that in there because, you know, it was either that or use the diss track that Meek Mill did for um, Drake where he featured The Undertaker's theme song, which, by the way, The Undertaker asked for it. He did a cease. <laughs> cease desist. I'm sure he did because he wants money out of that. So you can find this podcast if you search for The Double Turn Podcast. You can find it on Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Breaker, and a new one, at least to me, that being Pocket Casts. It's a new one to me, too. I just saw the email not too long ago, so I there guess we go. got to add it on to another one. So there are, count them, seven places to find this. Uh, I know I've been pushing people towards stuff that's a little more accessible. Spotify is the way to go, people. Spotify but, is the easiest way to go. But um, I do know people that use some of these other sites. Yeah, no, SoundCloud is one of them. Um, my boy Trevor always listens to us on SoundCloud. I appreciate you, Trevor. Keep listening, man. Tell people to listen to us because we're cool. And uh, and apparently we're supposed to have them on our show at some point. Very, very soon, hopefully. Um, from what I understand, he is doing his best to try and get tickets to get out to L.A. for Survivor Series. Oh, nice. So if he actually gets out there, I definitely need to have him come on ASAPS as soon as he comes over here because I need him to talk about that experience. Okay. He was he actually went to the uh, Royal Rumble in San Antonio. Why don't we just why don't we just plan on yeah. him being on the program the week after? That is for sure. And then um I I we want to try if he's available, he might be able to join us for our recap show for uh, Super Showdown, which by the way guys, we are going to do a recap show. It's going to be a little bit less insightful than our recap show was well, right, for Hell in a Cell. We're not watching it live. Just because we're not watching it live. I mean, the show's mm-hmm. going to be happening at 1 a.m. That's, I mean, that is a brutal start time for us. It I, is. Th- I mean, I thought Saudi Arabia was crazy. With yeah, I didn't Rachel. watch that show live either. I, I did, actually. I Because I watched it at work. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. I was Ugh. like, hey, it unreal, but 1 o'clock in the morning? I'm pretty sure that was during my, uh, pretty sure that was during my double shift at work. 
Yeah. It was crazy. It was <sighs> nuts. Brutal. It was nuts. But we are going to do it. We're going to give it to you guys because we're looking forward to this show, as crazy as it sounds. There's a lot of good things that can go ahead and come out of this show. And we're looking forward to being able to bring it to you guys. I want to thank you guys so much for the support that you've given us. We've got we've had a few listen on all of our podcast uh, platforms. And we hope that you guys are enjoying what we bring to you guys. And we will continue to do our best to con- to bring the best content that we can. Um, not only WWE-based, but again, we're trying to really expose, or not expose, but really bring in the other pl- um, promotions out there all over the world. Whether it's Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, we've talked about Dragon Gate, we're talking about Impact Pro Wrestling. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there, and we're going to do our best to bring able to bring it to you, so... That's been the Double Turn Podcast for the J-Man. This is Boss Ross signing out for the night. We will have our recap show of Super Showdown as our next show. And then, of course, we'll be back same time next week. It's been a pleasure, guys. Peace!